Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Here we go. It's How We Seize It, episode 68, Mandalorian, uh, season two, uh, Mandalorian from uh, Disney Plus. The first, uh, I guess this is the first live action Star Wars that they had. I, I think know. so. Yeah. Series. Series. Like series. TV, yeah. Series. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, yeah actually, it's, it's, it was originally live action, so. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> But I mean, do they call movies live action? I mean, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, this was this is the first. Um, but this is the second season of it. We uh, last week, if you, if you're just listening to this one and hadn't heard uh, last week's episode, we did season one. This time, we're just uh, going to cover season two. We'll probably talk a little bit about maybe some of the stuff from season one again because there was some cool stuff in it. But who knows? But uh, this will be mostly about season two. And it seemed like I don't know to to me. Did it seem like these came really quickly? Like. I swear we watched season one and then all of a sudden season two was right there to watch again, you know? I, well, I think it was about one year exactly apart. Um, I, I agree with that, but it just seemed so quick. It may be because it was, we were in the pandemic the whole time. So things were in a, a, a state of weirdness anyways. But yeah. yeah, I just, I know in the past going from season to season of stuff, it seems like it takes a long time to get to certain things. But uh, this one just seemed to me like it got there right away and, and really quick. Although it sounds like we're going to have to wait two years for season three because they're doing they're doing book of fett book of boba fett uh next year and then and then they said they had to clarify this because there was a lot of confusion after this that they people thought that boba fett was taking over the mandalorian series but they're actually going to be putting out season three with mandalorian and that story arc but it's they're not going to release them simultaneously they're going to do that after uh, in 2022, likely it will be the release. So. I, I think what they're doing oh, wait, in, in Disney actually is, they're going to shoot in 2022. Uh, something like that. <laughs> Disney is is really. It looks like. I mean, we just finished up Disney Plus. Uh, just finished up Wandavision, right? Mm-hmm. Like last week, and then now next week starts um, the Falcon Winter Soldier. So I think the way they're planning it is to have almost something new every week to watch. Um, I think even at, right after WandaVision closed up, they had their newest uh, animated movie released, uh, uh, something about dragons. I can't think of the name. Yeah, Ray, Ray, Raina or something. Yeah, which it's Raya. Mostly, yeah, it's gotten great reviews so far from what I heard. I haven't watched it yet, but I mean, I will. I, I'm, I'm, well, they released it, uh, and the initial release uh, is in the theaters, and then you have to pay a premium price, like twenty nine ninety nine to watch it for its initial release. Um, yeah, I, no, I won't. It'll do probably, that. yeah, no, I, I, I it, it makes sense though. I mean, you can't just put it in the theaters and expect people are going to go if, if they don't charge anything on on their streaming service. Um, but True. eventually, I bet it'll drop on their streaming service uh, for free. You know, it'll, I, it'll, oh, it'll it will to. eventually. And and I'm good with waiting to that. I mean, if they, if if this came up and it was Black Widow, I, I would be more tempted. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially, well, you know, I don't know. To me, it'd be almost. I would want to be able to own that somehow. Like, I. What's the I release of Black time. Widow? That's is that is They're that summer? July, is that July, June, July? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that I might, mean, that'll work. I we, mean, that's we just looking. we just got we just got up to red tier, which I know is worse than purple tier, and 
So that which means that the stuff. theaters can reopen. I think they're planning to at the end of the month, or at least they're going to. Yeah. But like at twenty five percent capacity or something like that. I think Santa Rosa Cinemas said. I'm, I'm said better with that, anyways. I'd rather have less people in there with me personally, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but yeah. I'm all about. I'm. I mean, as long as long as things start coming out again. I mean, and really, there should be a whole uh, bunch of stuff in the in the the queue to come out. You know, they've been sitting on a lot of stuff for a while. So, bless you. So, thank you. I tried to hide it, but <laughs> that one got me. Caught it a little bit, so I had to address it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what, what was that? Was that some kind of a technical glitch? No, it was just me sneezing. Anyways, I'm Noah. I'm your main host here on How We Sees It. And with me, as always, is my main man, Steve. Say hi, Steve. Hello, everyone. And we're going to cover uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, like I told you earlier. But before we get to that, what we always talk about is what we're drinking. Because we always have to have a drink with what we're talking about. That's right. And uh, it's funny. So I, I was uh, had a, a friend come over. A, a, a friend of a friend came over, and we were I was talking about the podcast with him. And I was like, yeah, and we always we come up with these drinks. And he's like, that sounds ho- totally cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of something, you know. Like, I usually like to have a drink while we're watching something anyways. But to me, it, it's something new, and it's, it's something a little bit individual that we do. And I, I enjoy doing it, and it's always you – know, it's one of those things that's nerve-wracking and fun at the same time. It's like, oh, I got to find the perfect drink, but it's also, you know, it's, which is a little nerve-wracking. And then, but it's also fun to, when you do find something really cool. So speaking of that, what did you find cool this week, Steve? Well, I I started watching, well, I, I rewatched the whole series um, again. And when I got to the, uh, it was it was actually the second episode, uh, chapter 10. Uh, the passenger. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty quickly, <laughs> I figured out what I what I wanted to drink, just because of the controversy of uh, of the oh, child no. child eating the uh, eating the eggs, eggs of of the frog lady, um, which I just uh. got a kick out of. And so I said, okay, I got to make an egg based drink because I know you always kind of freak out about egg based drinks I do. as well. And I so, hated that whole. So, <laughs> um, so I made an egg based drink. This is a pisco sour, and uh, it's got a couple <laughs> eggs in it. Um, I had one of these. I, I, I were, were actually oh, podcasting man. a few days late because I was on a um, on a trip down south, uh, hanging my hanging out with my brother, and we did some. Uh, we did a lot of outdoor dining and drinking. Um, nice. And um, I ordered I ordered one of these at a at a restaurant. It was actually a seafood restaurant where we had calamari. So I thought that was kind of funny. Nice. Here we got, you know, calamari uh, at the same time uh, I'm uh, right. drinking drinking eggs. So um, so pisco sour, and yeah, this is with pisco, which is a Peruvian brandy. Um, it's got okay. some um, simple syrup, uh, lemon, and uh, egg yolk, and shake it up. Put some bitters on top. I got some chuncho bitters, which was a recommended bitter from one of the one of the bars we went to. And nice. it's it's delicious. This is this is. I'll, I'll take your word so for that. Good. I'm not I'm not going to eat an egg or drink an egg. I, I just can't do it. Mm. It's funny that you bring that up because it looks it like an egg, stuff. doesn't it? The way I have it. In it does. Hey, <laughs> the glass. She get a picture of that. We'll put it up on our uh, podcast. Speaking of our new social media, I don't know if you noticed, but we now are on Instagram. Thanks to my daughter. She oh. Finally, uh, got us on Instagram. It was funny last week. I I started getting all these. Uh, notifications that hey how we sees it podcast has a new follower has a new follower and i'm like ah sweet so yeah <laughs> she finally uh pulled her weight and did that for us thank you sierra um but yeah so now we can start you know taking pictures of our drinks and throwing them up there uh that's funny that you said that that especially the, the whole controversy of that the whole 
uh, the asset or child or baby Yoda or Grogu, whoever you want to call him, eating uh, the eggs. Because like you said, you thought it was funny. I personally was I was offended. I, I'm not I shouldn't say offended because I wasn't offended. I was like I was aghast. I was like, I, was, I can't believe this little motherfucker is eating those eggs. I, I don't think funny. I thought it was amusing, but it really, to me, I was, I was kind of surprised they went there and kind of, kind of proud that they, they, they chose, cause it seems really realistic for, for a child to do something like that. And, and just for the record, these weren't fertilized eggs. They were taking these eggs <laughs> to the planet so the husband could fertilize them. So that's yeah. just, I mean, they're, so, they're nothing different than chicken eggs, but right. I and mean, we, <laughs> it's a little different when the chicken's talking to you. You don't just grab their <laughs> eggs when the chicken's talking to you and, and riding shotgun next to you. It's a, yeah. I personally, I, I, I'm with you. I'm glad they did it. I thought a little bit like, oh man, they're doing this to kind of like get people not to like baby Yoda a little bit. Like they're, they're, they're kind of making it a little, like a little realistic and, and <laughs> I'm fine with that. And, and. I know it, it was a, a made-up controversy. Not a made-up. There were people that were really, really into it that were. I, I got to tell. I'll, I'll add a picture to this. This is the the Pisco, the Manchu yeah. Pisco. It's got a it's got a green picture of of. It almost looks like a little baby Yoda with teeth. Eat, you know, eat the eggs. <laughs> so maybe I'll I'll post this with it as well. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny that that was that was a whole thing, and and I was on I was on the camp was like, oh man, that's a little shit kind of. I I thought that was seriously. He he made me think, oh man, uh, the the Grogu there eating the eggs, and it was it was more like the fact that he kept doing it, and Mando even let him do it. Uh, I was kind of like, oh okay. <laughs> I and it's funny. So listening to the podcast, other podcasts that I listened to, that it came up like once or twice. Not a bunch of times, but once or twice it did come up about the whole him eating the eggs, and I thought that was funny. So that's perfect. Well, it's I, almost I, like a father saying, "Well, just don't tell your mother and don't do it again." You know that <laughs> boy's gonna be boys, you know, or yeah, you know, toddler's gonna put it whatever he can in its mouth. Yeah, no, I, I just. It was one of yeah. It was <laughs> interesting. Well, no, that's a cool. I, I'm glad you found something right off the bat. Um, I struggled a little more. I I, uh, I had a harder time. I was looking for stuff and thinking about things, and then I, I took a, a page out of your boat because you always like you, you get an idea and then you go and make your own drink on this one. Wow. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So I, I I figured out one, and I'm gonna call it the Mando. Right. Okay. And so this to me uh, was inspired by him being a space cowboy. Right. Because really, that's what he is. He he's just a, he's he's flying around in space, going on these one-off missions, saving the kid, you know, fixing the town, doing the deed, you know, and stuff like that. So to me, that's that's very much western. That's very much space cowboy. And so uh, I I started thinking, okay, what space to me? And that starts off when you when you got a drink, think space. I think Coke. Right, just a regular Coke. That's that's my 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 base to to add stuff to. And then I started thinking, okay, what's cowboy drink and whiskey bourbon, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, and I so I started looking in our cabinet, and we have from our one of the places you go are the local distillery, um, Spirit Works. Oh we yeah, had a, a a bourbon whiskey, and I'm like, okay, so I oh you got their bourbon, <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. So so I put a shot of that in there, and I'm like, okay, well that's 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 part space cowboy. I'm like, but what else? And then I'm like, you know, Mando's really identified by his armor, right? This nice, shiny silver armor. And I'm like, what's silver? And I look, started looking at my cabinet, and I'm like, I got a silver tequila. That kind of goes well. 
So I threw a shot of silver tequila in there. I think tequila is good too because you can also think cowboys. You know, yeah. you know, deal deal a lot on on coastal coastal states and you know deal yeah. you know and Mexico is where you get a lot of tequilas coming from. Right, uh, agave. And, and then and so I'm like, okay, I, I got to go one more. I got to go one more. <laughs> and I started thinking, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, bounty hunters. They're they're kind of piratey, right? And what do pirates like? And pirates like rum. <laughs> so I grabbed a shot of rum and I threw it in there. And nice. so I, ha- I have my Space Cowboy, which is a shot of tequila, silver tequila, a shot of whis- uh, bourbon whiskey, and a shot of rum in a Coke. And nice. So, so you're I- like one, uh, one uh, spirit shy of a, of a Long Island iced tea, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, it, I guess so. Gin and – well, they, I thought they had five. I had thought they had five. I think they have like, a, like a, um, an orange um, – The cure. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, or maybe yeah, it's just simple didn't... syrup or something like that. But you know, you said that I make up my drinks. I don't. I'll sometimes come up with ideas <laughs> and find a drink that someone else has made up based on some criteria. So this is actually, I think, fair enough to say this is probably the first one that has been created. The first uh, cocktail that's been created especially Possibly. for for a podcast. So yeah, I, I liked it, but nice. and it actually tastes pretty good. I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty impressed with it. And then, you know, just cause I do the way I do, I, I was looking through and I found another one that kind of caught my eye a little bit. It's called a dead, dead hand. I thought of it more of a quick shot. Right. And so the, the, it was episode, uh, or chapter 13 where he meets up with, um, a, uh, Oh God, I'm going to butcher her name. Um, the the first Jedi chick and I'm I Ahsoka Tano, Ahsoka Tano. That's why yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it's, yeah. it's such a classic character, like huge character. But it's done in that town, and they have the the, the they have the the draw right where the at the very end they where do yeah the quick draw, and so that made me think, oh, the quick hand, the dead hand. You know, he's he's a quick draw, and so uh, I found the shot, and it and it kind of I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, it, it kind of makes sense because. It is two ounces of Midori, uh, one ounce rum, one ounce vodka, and one ounce whiskey. And I was like, oh, that's almost kind of like the, you know, it's it's almost that cowboy, you know, space cowboy drink. But then you throw in that Midori for the baby Yoda. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, so I, mi- I mixed that guy up, and I'm a, I haven't tasted it yet. I'm, I'm a little leery because I just straight vodka or straight uh liquor always makes me pucker up a little bit so <laughs> oh so look at it it's two. all green that's that's yeah. nice it's a little greeny guy it's kind of yeah. neat I'll, I'll get a picture of this too nice cocktail uh nice uh glass yeah and it's not too bad it's it's sweet it's kind of sweet okay uh, the mendori really carries in so i'm not a big mendori fan I'll, I'll drink it for <laughs> I, I think i had it for my uh teenage mutant ninja turtles drink i had some in right. there um, most of those had but, that in there <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, but those were the two I came up with, um, just cause I, you know, like I said, I was trying to find something that was, uh, you know, that would work good. And that those are the ones that worked for me. So I'll get a quick picture of them <laughs> and, uh, and then we can make sure we put them on the podcast. I looked for that. Um, this is the way IPA again today when I was picking up my uh, Pisco and I couldn't, uh, I, I was at uh bottle bar and I couldn't, I didn't find any there. I found some other third street, uh, Aleworks uh, beers. They had a double IPA and and, a, and something else, but I didn't see any of the. This is the way. So, 
I think it's I think it's uh, their out of season type thing. You know, they only brewed it for so long, and then now only brew it for when when Mandalorian is is on Disney Plus, and well, once I mean, episode it, eight or episode or chapter it, sixteen it, was over, they yeah, pulled it. it released what in November? I think is when uh, the season two. Yeah, it started late October, early November. So if they would have if they would have just did one big batch and kind of left it, they would have pulled it off by three months, kind of thing. So I think they only did one big commercial batch and probably sent it out. And that's so we missed we missed our chance. But hey, you know it is what it is. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, just before we get, I mean that that you know you said it mentioned it. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't podcast in uh, in a little over a week and a half. Which is odd. We we normally do it at every Wednesday thing. I don't know about you, but I was kind of jonesing. I, it felt really <laughs> odd. I was like, "Oh man, there's something weird about this. Something's not right." Um, I got so, all these thoughts but, going through my head, and I just don't know where to where to send them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, you know how I normally do. I listen to all the podcasts and stuff like that, and it usually works really good. I get right up to Wednesday, and then we got to Wednesday and we didn't podcast, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I can't listen to more podcasts. I kind of ran them out. So I, it was kind of nice. I actually got a, um, a book in. I was able to uh, listen to a book while I was uh, had a couple days off from, from listening to podcasts, which was kind of nice. A uh, new book I'd never even heard of. I had looked for recommendations from some people. I got one. It's uh, Discovery of Witches. Um, okay. Can't think of the author's name, but really cool book. Long. It's like 24 hours. Oh, my uh, gosh. It's an audio book, right? <laughs> um. Which is, is not bad. I mean, I don't mind that because I have that kind of time at work, uh, mostly because I get left alone, which was kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, where'd it go? Uh, by, it's uh, A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. So that was a recommendation off of Facebook from a friend of mine. And so I, had Audible, I have Audible, and uh, they sent me an email saying that uh, I have nine tokens that are going to expire in like 10 days. So I was like, oh, I better just find some books to put on there. And so I was like, give me some recommendations. So I started throwing a bunch of books on, on there. Now I, now I got to hopefully have some time to listen to them. That's right. So I did uh, uh, more listening to other people's take on, on season two than I, I normally don't go to the internet and listen to things. <laughs> uh, but after this, um, it was nice. I rewatched the entire. I mean, I saw it when it first premiered, and then I rewatched it all over again. And I I watched one one thing online, which was really fascinating. I was just looking for Easter eggs. I I thought because usually you watch oh, the Marvel so movies many. or something like that, and you you look for Easter eggs. And I caught this one on YouTube where it's like 151 Easter eggs from season two. And listening to this guy, I mean, you can tell that <laughs> he is he lives you know star wars deep, through the deep through the, knowledge yes and pulled out so much stuff um you know three quarters of the stuff i had no idea because it, it harkens back to rebels or clone wars which yeah. i never watched or some of the books um yeah but um but it was it was fascinating and it it's exciting to know that they've got people that are working on these shows that are so well versed with this stuff because you know you can't unless you're really uh have in-depth knowledge and all this stuff how else are you going to throw these sort of tidbits in and and you know with uh, so john favreau and too. and probably especially dave filoni um you've got mm -hmm. just nerds star wars nerds that are in there just trying to do everything they can to 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 spice these up with with references and stuff while still maintaining a great storyline because I, I you can't just do fans oh yeah 100 percent. well that's what i really liked about this series is um 
not being a deep knowledge person of Star Wars that, you know, going through Clone Wars and, and Rebels and then the books and all that, I was still able to follow and enjoy this series, uh, both season one and season two, completely without having the deep knowledge and, and know all the little cuts. But then hearing all these people that do have all this and how excited they are and how geeked out they are about every little <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, I mean, even just little characters that are in the background sometimes have ties back to books and, and, and things like that. Or just one word phrases sometimes have these ties back to other things. And it's like, you know, well, if you have that deep knowledge, yeah, you could easily. Uh, I was reading the IMDb uh, trivia for just uh, episode or uh I don't know why I keep saying episode, but chapter nine, the Marshall, and all the stuff that they had in that from books and things like that. And how many, like, there was more Easter eggs in that one episode than, uh, you know, in some Marvel movies. <laughs> well, that, and that was yeah. John Favreau saving up because he didn't direct any other ones from season one. Right. And that was, and this was the one that he got to direct for season two. So he was probably right. like, okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really cool. One of the one of the things I, I didn't even notice too until someone had mentioned it is uh, that first character, uh, uh, Gore Koresh, um, was the one-eyed kind of uh, gangster dude. That was John Leguizamo. 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 Yeah, yeah. I've been drinking today. I was brewing, <laughs> so I I started way before my my drinks for the thing. So, uh, but yeah, like. Uh, and I was like, someone said that. I'm like, wait, really? I usually catch his voice. And then I was like, okay, I gotta go. For, and and now that I know, I can pick it up. But yeah, it was like he was, you know, he guest started as that that guy's voice. He, well, he might even been in the in the costume too. I I don't know 100, percent but I guess he would have had to been because no, it just says voice. Sorry, it, he's just the voice of that guy. So, uh, which I thought was really cool. It's it's another one of those nods that we see like. All these people are, are, you know, they want to be in this show. And, you know, so they're getting some big stars with these little guest roles and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> so I thought that was, that was really awesome. Um, all right. Where, where else? Well, I guess I guess we'll just jump into it since we've already talked about the drinks and, and stuff. So we, we can get going. All these I, titles, I, I, do you I, notice they're all one word titles with the preceding it? Um, now, season I, season one, there were a couple that didn't have the. But I noticed with all right. of the, all of season two, it's it's the marshal, the passenger, the uh, heiress, the siege, yep. the Jedi. You the, know, so the believer, the rest, the tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, no, just something I, I'm pointing out because I saw them listed and went, oh, okay, that stands <laughs> out. It's they were obviously uh, going for some sort of pattern here. <laughs> this also had a couple new directors um, for the series, but also a couple repeats. Uh, Bryce uh, Dallas Hart, uh, Howard. Um, did uh, chapter eleven? Uh, she's a repeat. Yep. Um, Peyton Reed. He didn't do any in the first season, but he was. He's also a Marvel pullover, so I think he uh, was a John Favreau kind of connection, maybe through there. And he did, did you, too. Did you notice that in the what was the cantina scene in that episode of chapter ten? The passenger, uh, the uh, the woman is playing cards with that ant. Uh, the yeah. big yeah, and and you know he directed Ant Man, so Ant Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually how I figured it all out. I was reading trivia and I was like, oh, cool. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I know, and this is this one was kind of cool for me. I, I don't know anybody else caught this, but I know in season one, uh, Bryce Howard only got to do one episode, and it was the one where they went to the um, kind of the 
the village and save the the village. Right, that little ATST. Uh, they had to yeah, defend the village against that thing. Didn't care for that episode, like you know, different things that I listened to and watched and and read. Said that was one of their least favorite episodes, and I felt really bad because that was the only one that she she uh, directed. And I was like, I thought it was really good, and you know, I thought it was kind of shitty that you know they got where. I heard a lot of people really liked this episode or this chapter, and it was her directing it. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of was that, that redemption thing, and I thought that was really cool. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a good – I mean, well. well I, she put a lot this, more emotional um, uh, punch into the into the season one episode. Um, I – I loved the the ATST stuff. I thought some of the battle yeah. sequences were really one dimensional. That that's what bugged me a little bit was I didn't think the battles were really very interesting. They seemed kind of, but they tug at your emotional heart, you know, strings. Right. Well, um, I mean, these but, those episodes were all written by John Favreau. So how much of it was the writing, and how much was the direction taking the story? Like how much was written into this is what I need you to do. And then, you know, that's what I mean. So was this, I think it's great that they're, you know, a lot of these, these different episodes get a different perspective. They're bringing something, you know, and that's where you got to mix up the directors in order to do that. And I think we talked about that last week when, when, when I was saying, you know, you, you do a series like, uh, what's one of the series that has the same director that does them, does them all. Uh, well, it happens where a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, or some of these series where it's the same director doing every episode and you get, you get just kind of a consistent feel or for a movie. Uh, but for this, they, they didn't, they didn't want that. It was episodic. Like you said, like a Western, they're going from town to town and they're bringing different points of view on how, how the style comes about. And I think it's a really good way of exploring a character. And here it's a singular character that they're following and, and you have, you know, the, uh, the child too that they're also following, um, but but you see it from different people's point of view, different directors' point of view as as well. Uh, right. So that that has an impact, and that's okay. That's good. Yeah. So a lot of the things that happen in this too. I mean, this was much more of a um, like straightforward kind of where the last you know the first season had like three in a long story, two kind of three or throw offs, and then two story. Where this one it seemed to it kind of built on itself the whole time where it had some, some minor one-offs, but they were also tied to the bigger picture. I think most of it was just this simple story. You know, you must get the child to a Jedi and that was really the whole thing. And it was kind of a little (laughs) scavenger hunt to get there, but I liked that. It was like a, a, you know, a straightforward story arc and then just all he's put together a puzzle and each, a lot of people put this together that like, this is very much a video game esque type format <laughs> do you know show up talk to so-and-so do such quest come back get your reward go to the next guy get your quest do your quest come back get your reward and and it makes sense and in it's almost interesting that like you know we see that in video games and people love the video games that they do this and they become huge hits and, and things like that <clears throat> why is that so bad for a show you know the people that were bashing on i don't think it was a bad idea i actually enjoyed it i think it's it's kind of cool, you know, we're, we're, we're getting the story and we're seeing little things because each one of them, each one of the little side quests essentially shows a different side of him in a way. Like we get a little bit more deeper in depth uh, read on, on his character or his uh, 
interactions with other others uh, throughout the the stories and stuff like that. So I I really liked it, but I thought it was kind of you know it very makes much very much makes sense that they say yeah this is very video game esque where go on side mission you know retrieve Boba Fett's armor you know go on yeah. side mission you know <laughs> so you know it is it's kind of interesting um so uh, like w- w- i want to start with kind of the first the first uh chapter not chapter 9 the marshal where where we we get the the introduction of boba fett's armor uh through uh, another character called Vanant. Vanant. Um so apparently he was a character from books Oh, okay. So he had some, uh, yeah, he he definitely has a tie back to it. So this is one of the ones that, um, I thought was very interesting. And and this is a, an interesting take from a lot of people on this too, is, um, uh, Timmy, uh, Oliphant. Oliphant. Yes. Yeah. Which every every time someone said his name, all I could think is elephant. I'm like, (laughs) just, it's elephant. I remember him from, uh, Die Hard. Four, I believe it was. He was uh, he was the, the the villain in Die Hard Four, the one where they where he tried to hack hack into all the different emergency systems and and collapse and and steal all the money, which I thought he was great okay. in that. Uh, uh, I know him. Die Hard movies. Yeah, I know him more from Justified, and um, he was also in um, uh, what was the the West the HBO uh, Western that was before that? Um, why am I blanking on the name? <sighs> Damn! Um, oh, uh, it'll come. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, you know, he he plays he plays that cowboy sheriffy type guy uh, a lot of times in in things that you know were big. Oh, Deadwood! That's what it was. Deadwood. He was the sheriff in Deadwood. He was Deadwood the wasn't one of the uh, one of the imperial guys that flew in that in the Eris the the one that ends up kind of biting his tooth, the cyanide or electrocuting his face. Oh, wasn't yeah. he in Deadwood as well? I think so. Okay, uh, I think he yeah he played a bit part in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew him too right away too. I was like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> what do I know him from? And I looked it up in a bunch of bit things. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess he was all uh, he was also um, he's in the Amazon series that. Uh, What's the really? biker series? The the oh, <laughs> you, uh, 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 Sons of Anarchy. Wasn't he that too? He was. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Okay. I think he. I think he was like a Irish guy or yeah. a FBI agent okay. or one of the. I think, no, he was. It was an Irish guy. Anyway, so, yeah. back to to Cobb Vanth, <laughs> though. To... Sorry. So I just thought it was cool that he was. You know, he was a character from the books. Um, not he technically what in the books apparently was a sheriff on Tatooine so it was all it all registers out um I don't know if in the books or anything like that he had Boba Fett's armor which I thought as much as I didn't want to see Boba Fett come back I thought was it was an interesting way to to bring him back you know that you know his armor shows up first and then it's the the questions there okay well the armor's here where's you know is he around is he not around kind of thing so I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, they, they play it off a little bit when you first see him. Although he looked like a very skinny Boba Fett. 
<laughs> he did. Yeah, the way his armor fit on him, he had those like, little tiny well. hips, and and then and then when Boba we, Fett finally gets his armor back, it's like now you got your fat Boba Fett. <laughs> reminded me of Fett. Thor, right? It's, it's and it was just fat. it was just one shot. It's 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 a profile shot when he, in in that episode. Uh, I think it's the tragedy, or you know where yeah. where he 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 just has his gut hanging out, and everything else he looks badass. But there's that one shot, and you just can't miss it. It's like yeah, you need to. And I, I hadn't heard anybody else say it, but I'm going to say it now. I'm going to start calling him Boba Fat. <laughs> it's like he had to eat his way out of the Sarlacc pit. So, well, yeah. What, oh, maybe that's how he got out. Uh, one of the things someone did say was is the actor that they got to play him, who apparently was the same actor who played um, Django Fett. Sure, Tamora. Yeah. Which I think is, I think that's a totally cool thing to have him play the kid. And then it's perfect. The yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's In fact, they even that. call it out at one point when uh, when they're doing the. Uh, I think it's the the believer, the one where they have to go down and invade the the uh, base, and they get Migs to do it. And Boba Fett says uh, something about you know they're, they're gonna I can't do it because they'll they'll recognize my face, uh, yeah. they, or they might recognize my face. He just kind of says it offhandedly. It's like yeah, because right, all the clones look exactly like you. Well, they also did that too with um, uh, Boca Boca. Uh, what's your name? Bocatan. Bocatan. Uh, she uh, says, yeah, I recognize your voice. I've heard it a thousand times. Right. Because all the stormtroopers, yeah. which I thought was perfect, too. Um, so going back to... Yeah, to we keep jumping up. <laughs> That's all right. That's how we do it. We're, we're, we're not doing, a, we're not doing a, a scene-by-scene review. We're doing what we how we seize it. And we seize <laughs> yeah. it all over the place. Um, I just thought it was a cool way to come back. And I love that it was the Western style. Um, they had to go fight the 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 greater um oh damn i knew the word earlier um the crate dragon crate dragon, or what? Crate dragon yeah yeah which apparently is um a pool from one of the video games where you have to as a side mission you go fight a crate dragon well yeah but i think it was also in like early art they had it in some like the book of yes. the empire strikes back or one of the one of the books where they had some some drawings of, of designs and stuff and and they actually had the full crate dragon design and the fact that it kind of swam under the under yep. the under the sand, which was incredible effect <clears throat> in the in the um, well, there's some the, there's some deep pulls back to the original the original uh, episode four, New Hope. The sound of the crate dragon that you hear it that was awesome too. That was almost a nod to the original. It was uh, because it, because they they've sound got, what Obi Wan does. It was Obi-Wan well, it was the. Sound. Yeah, but they've changed it in the re-releases. They uh, the the oh, latest the blue the Blu-ray that. re-release. He does some sort of Yahoo. It's some ridiculous sound. <laughs> oh, it'll make you laugh. Yeah, no, you got to listen to it. Go go onto YouTube and just say listen um, to Obi Wan the the, the okay. Blu-ray release of of the Crate Dragon sound, and it sounds ridiculous. It does. It's oh, like, that's why? funny. So, <laughs> so this was almost like, okay, we're, it's like Greedo shot first. It's like them right. honoring that like they did in um, in Solo, too, in, at the end when, when Han shoots first, even though that's not a Greedo thing. That's just that's just No, a, that's awesome. I, I, that. I didn't so, know that part about I didn't know they changed it. I, I, I know I've watched them, but I don't watch them a lot. I, I actually still have my video or VHS copies of the original before anything was done. And uh, up until I put my VHS away and, and I had watched those probably within the last six years. So um, Nice. Yeah, I, I, I still like the originals kind of without all the extra goofiness in it. 
but yeah, I just thought that was a kind of cool throwback to that. And but it's one of those things is that it shows they're not just they're not just dealing with the the um, the animated series like Clone Wars and Rebels or the books or they're in the, in the movies. They're taking all of it in. They're like anywhere we can throw something in for some fan service, they're doing it, which I think is awesome. You know, um, just because I might not catch it all. But someone out there will, and if someone out there catches it and is excited about it, good on you. You know, so I, I was all about that. Um, I thought the whole the whole Marshall uh, series, I thought our chapter was pretty decent. I love the fact that they they worked with the Sand People and kind of like made them a little bit even more, you know, normalized and not like a villain. You know, they didn't villainize them as they kind of just made them another species that's out there doing their thing, you know, having yeah. to deal with whatever. And um, I thought that was great. One of the things I read in there, there was a, there was an actor who was a deaf actor who played one of the sand people or, um, God, I should. Tuscan Raiders. Name. Tuscan oh. Raiders. I'm like, yeah. oh, they got another name. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was the one that helped uh, create that sign language um vocabulary for the Tuscan Raiders and I thought that was really cool that first off you have one you have a deaf actor out there doing his thing you know being being part of it and he helped create a a language of these Tuscan Raiders that's now going to be there forever that's and, cool you know, and, I, and I thought that and I, language yeah. is a huge thing in the Star Wars universe I was I, you know when I was watching that 151 Easter eggs uh-huh. Uh, they they were also translating. You know, whenever you see the 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 imperial or the rebel, whatever the the language is, and different, and then there's the Fet language or the uh, Hutsese <laughs> language too. Yeah. But they would translate it, and it's legit. It's like it. Oh, that nice. Like they can actually pull it out and tell you exactly what it is. So uh, they're really kind of like Klingon in the Star Trek. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which it, it it amazes me that there's people out there that speak fluent Klingon. I'm like <laughs> that is, I, I have nothing against it, and, and I think it's cool. I would never go learn it personally, but I you know I would rather learn Spanish or you know a you know Chinese or right. Japanese or something that I would use. But the people that have done it, good on you. Yeah, uh, well, this is just <laughs> a written language too. Everyone speaks English, I guess, in in a long time ago in a galaxy far away. Yeah, this, so, uh, yeah. Unless yeah. you're a Jawa, well, I guess no, well, no. Utini, oh. yeah, <laughs> and the frog, the frog lady, and that woman—they're talking frog or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> talk, talking frog. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, so, yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the other cool parts is, and I thought, and I every time I saw this, I thought it was going to come back later. Was when they killed the crate dragon, and you know, for one, oh, I thought it was cool. He took a big hunk of steak from it, right? Yeah, and yeah. They found, they found the pearl. <laughs> And it, and I was like, okay, that's going to come back later. But no, it was just a nod to the video game. It was, that a, was I, I, knew, I saw that it was a nod to something, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. It, uh, dummy me, at whatever reason. But I, I was like, oh, that's going to come back. That there's there's some reason that that pearl's going to come back. First, I didn't know it was a pearl or an egg or whatever. Like they're going to raise a crate dragon and control it, but. Well, they even did a, a callback to episode one too when they were doing the speeder bikes because because you know oh, Mando was the... was was riding a speeder bike whereas whereas Cobb was riding the uh, the pod the pod racer it almost looked like Anakin's pod like one of the one of the pods had been stripped off of it and he I, was riding. I actually that. read something about that and a lot of people go, oh, it's Anakin's pod, and they're like, it's close. 
it's not <laughs> okay. Anakin's pod because they they literally broke it down. It was like the the wind uh, chamber or whatever is reversed, or the wind turbine is reversed on it. There's some different you know uh, fluctuations in some different places and stuff like it. So they're like it's similar engine, but it's not Anakin. Well, and I was okay, like, but look at this. Someone's going deep. <laughs> they had R five D four the the R two unit. It. And not only that, if you look at the, the head, He's the motivator, it. that blue, had some leaking stuff out of it. So, you know, that was R5-D4. And I don't know why well, R5-D4 is an R2 unit. But anyway, should be an R5 I, unit, but I think it's called an R2 unit. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't know the days. I know there's, there's probably an explanation of why there's an R5. But I loved it because, yeah, she's yelling at him and stuff like that. And, and she says, yeah, he's not his mo- uh, he doesn't have any good motivation. Right, because his motivators broke, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was hilarious, and uh, it was funny because uh, you know, uh, once again, some of the people I've listened to, they were, they were you know uh, giving crap to um, Amy Sedaris uh, about playing uh, it's uh, Peli Moto, like saying that she like overacts everything, and this I'm like, no, that's her character. That's that's like to me that is her. Like, and I think it's one of the she's one of the bright spots for me. Right, I, I I love her character in there because it it has that kind of comedy effect. Like, if you look back at old westerns too, there was always like some storekeeper or someone that had kind of just an yeah. upbeatness, you know. That and it, that's her. She she's the upbeatness in this this downtrodden world and stuff like that, and and it never changes. And I always thought that was really cool. But yeah, I thought it was. Uh, there's a couple times you see that R. Uh, what was it? R. R five D four. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, he's in there's there's a couple scenes a uh, couple different chapters he's in there too which I thought was it's cool that they're they're bringing stuff back. <laughs> um Crate Dragon, you know, we get a, some cool stuff, you know, we got the um Mando using the uh the jetpack and then we get the payoff for uh the return of the Jedi where he smacks the the backpack of uh um Cobb and sends him flying just like right. uh what happened? Just like Boba Fett, right? <laughs> Right, uh, which I thought was, you know, like I said, they do a ton of ton of payoffs in this. I think probably a, more in in the uh, chapter nine than any others. They they really did. And to me, I like watching this season overall. I would say the first probably two episodes are kind of the the weakest of the t- the the ones overall in the long story. I would agree with but that. They still have yeah, but they still have really good fun. You know they're fun to watch. Although we get into the passenger, and there's some cool stuff about it, but there's also some just I don't know. To me, it gets a, what, it gets one of the things that bugged me a lot about this one was the the frog costume lady. It just it, I didn't. It looked so uh, amateurish. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great, and and I think that was that kind of brought the whole episode down a little bit. I, there was a couple times when, you know, when it uses its tongue, when it's leaping around and stuff, it's like, okay, they're trying to spice it up a little bit. But overall, I thought it was a weird uh, choice just to, it looked like someone walking around with a, with a big, uh, a head on. Yeah. Like yeah. a paper mache head that they made out. I, of I agree with you. I agree um, with you. The cool parts of the, the, that chapter 10 though, the, the passenger was the interaction with the, the X-Wings. Yeah, and, and that was, and one of those the, guys was the, Dave Filoni, right? The director of yeah. uh, episode thirteen. He plays. Um, he plays this. There's two. There's two Tie Fighters in. Um, I want to say X Wing. The 
X-Wing. God, I don't know why I call it TIE Fighters. Uh, yeah, he plays uh, Trapper Wolf, who is who is the second one. And then there's Captain Carson uh, Teva, who is the other one. Who show, He's also the guy who shows up later. And he's got uh, some – There, he's a big fan, and, and I know he's been in stuff, but I just – I didn't know who he was. So uh, I've seen some stuff on – I've seen some people I talking think he's, about his – He's a presence. character also, I think, I think from – books in in maybe some of the I meant I meant too. the actor uh oh but... yeah I think all of them are are in uh <laughs> are big fans I I think that's one of those things is if you're a big fan you're trying to find your way into being in these these episodes <laughs> I would be in one hell I don't care you can make me a stormtrooper and let me get shot I thought those spider creatures were pretty cool too, and apparently oh, those, were from, those. <laughs> those were those were from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Some of the original artwork from Hoth. Yes, I read that too today. That yeah, it was it was a concept that they were uh, actually going to be uh, introduced into the Empire Strikes Back movie, which, which is good because you watch those scenes and you and it reminds you of of well, Lord of the Rings and and also um, what's Harry the Potter. Harry Potter? Right, both those both those. The shows, so it's nice to know that this they're they're drawn from something that was before those movies, not well, necessarily before also the Lord of the Rings no- book. But there's the nod of aliens, right? When when he first goes over and eats the first oh, one out of right. the egg and all the well, yeah, egg, the, it's the exactly like the pod, and, the, and then we get another yeah. nod to Alien when we get to uh, the Jedi with uh, with the actor that plays um, uh, Lang. He's uh, he's in Terminator and he's in uh, Aliens okay. and. Oh, gotcha. I, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with uh, with some I, of the other. Yeah. No, you just said that. It, it reminded me. Of, <laughs> well, no, <laughs> they give you they give nods to a lot of stuff, which I think is really cool. And yeah. and and it's one of those fun things to find. And, but and everybody and, sees and it's different almost, things in it. it. It it tells you why that they put in about him eating the eggs too, because that's I mean he's the one that kind of cre- is the catalyst for you know he goes oh, and yeah, right. eats the alien egg too, and well. I guess they're all Eats both the alien unique. spider. Yeah, and uh, causes quite a stir. <laughs> so that that was another one where I had I, this was where the 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 directing and the filming and everything kind of let me down a little bit. It didn't seem as much as well as well done as some of the others. The run from the the spider creatures. Um, I I mean it was as good as it probably could be. It just it just it didn't it didn't. It didn't have the same effect that I I felt when you know, like you said before, Lord of the Rings and, and Harry Potter. They just seemed to have a better a better dealing with it. it. Just to me, it seemed like I thought they drew yeah. it out a little too long and, and gave maybe me that's what it is or something. Yeah, but uh, I I still thought the the effects were unbelievable, and uh, I'm glad that you know at times I, you think, oh, why doesn't he just use his flame? And he does at times, and and at other times he's got to focus on running and yeah. Uh, but but I I know what you mean. It was still paced a little it, bit um it was odd it didn't yeah. it didn't hit as hard as some of the other stuff and, and didn't seem as good but i i did like when it all came down i love the fact that the the, the rebel pilot showed up basically save him right <laughs> you know and then he's like talking to him and he's like he's like well we throw back to the prisoner episode and he's like yeah we know that you tried to save this guy and you, you you're not you brought in these so he's like so we're gonna give you a break and he's like well how about you hit me help, help me fix my ship and he's like no we're just gonna let you uh get away with what you got away with and we're gonna get on and so he's like gotta figure out how to limp his yeah. way out of there so he's like duct taping the thing back together and he <laughs> says if the door you know if the door break when they're in the air and he's like, i'm gonna get some yeah. sleep if the door breaks open wake me up he's all actually we'll probably all be dead but <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so it's it's kind of cool. It, it definitely is a, 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 an interesting, and and I love the fact that you know the whole way through his ship is just getting beat up and beat up. It just it's kind of like a running joke. Yeah, like you know, it just getting his ass kicked the whole time, and he gets it fixed, and then gets his ass kicked again, and I and I then think he's got the, a, the 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 calamari mon calamari fix it, and man. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, no. That, so the whole okay. So yeah, we get he finally gets off the the Hoth like I uh, planet right and limps his ass to call the Calmari planet. We don't know which one it is. They don't really say, but you know. And then so oh god, what was I? I was reading. We got that landing. That. Well, they land, which was yeah. hilarious. Well, they, there's a throwback to that. Um, oh man, uh, that whole in. Um, it was because that's the one that's uh, directed by uh, oh Apollo Howard. thirteen. So so Ron right. Howard did Apollo thirteen, and, and that shot exactly. over over the sky is a nod to that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which I yeah. thought I didn't know until I read about that. That's really cool. I love yeah. that. But it's yeah, he gets all the way down and almost lands it, and then the one engine cuts out and it flips him over into the water. <laughs> it's like You're just like oh, oh. <laughs> so close. It's like hey, we're gonna make it. Oh, kicking the nuts, and then yeah. Uh, another cool thing that a lot of people shout out to was uh, when the the crane that pulls him out is a, um, a repurposed uh, uh, ATAT, right? Yep. It's got the legs, and they repurposed it. Now, my thought was, is okay, did they really repurpose it, or is that maybe they were built that way originally, and like some were built to be, you know, cranes, and some were just built to be you know, military operations. I, I don't know what the plan was overall, but I just, you know, either yeah. way it works. I thought that it was kind of cool. But yeah, so you were talking about him getting his ship fixed. He lands and he goes to talk to the, the uh, Mon Calamari. And he, he's like, yeah, he's like, can you fix it? And he's like, yeah. And he hands him some, some money or whatever. And he goes, yeah, I'll fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he like, like that ain't going to be enough. To, and, and he basically just strings it together. And it's, yeah. it's <clears throat> literally strings it together. Like you, when they, they next show him, he's got strings everywhere and stuff. It's pretty funny. Um, which I, I thought was hilarious too, is the, the, the Malk, uh, was it, uh, the calamari, what, it, uh, think of the names of them. The Mal, Mal calamari, Mon, is their Mon calamari, Mon, yeah, Mon, but... Cal, Mon calamari. And just the fact that they're squid people. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, really? You got to try a little harder than that. But it's funny. Did they now? I was looking for it, and maybe someone can figure out how they might have pieced this in. But did anyone ever see it's a trap anywhere uh, like mentioned in oh. the series? Because you know you got to shout that out somehow. Like have it in some, you know, in a bathroom stall written on the wall or something <laughs> like that. You know? They should have. Well, I mean. <laughs> Okay, so the whole episode could be considered as a trap. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Sure. Because really, they set him up. It was a trap. Right. And and so maybe that's that's the nod. I didn't think about that. Um, one <laughs> of the other ones is, so uh, we get the, the scene where he's going to talk to um, in, in the bar or the restaurant or whatever you want to call it. He's looking for the other the, the other Mandalorians. And they, they serve uh, um, Grogu the, the chowder. Right. Oh yeah, and it, and it has the little squid that jumps on his face. So apparently, and I don't. There's know another alien shout out. Part that, but it's also a shout out to an old Three Stooges skit, where uh, a clam jumps out and clamps on like Moe's nose and things like that. And this is something I read. I was like, oh my god! I and it's funny. I didn't think about it until someone wrote that, and I read it, and I was like, 
holy crap, I remember watching that as a child. Oh, that's great. Multiple times. Yeah, there's it's a clam that like ends up clamping on his face. I think it gets on all three of them at some point, but it's just one of those that's like, that's freaking hilarious that that's the call out kind of thing. So, you know, they, they, I guess it depends on, on who you are and what you know. You could probably find call outs to a lot of different things because they, they do, you know, service to a lot of stuff, which is, which is really cool. The biggest part of this, this uh, chapter, chapter thir- uh, 11, the, uh, the uh, heiress, is that we get Bo Katan, who is a huge character from, I think it's the Clone Wars. Maybe Rebels. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember what people said. I don't know her because I haven't read any of those, but I know that big character. And this is this this season as much as anything is they brought in big gun characters, mm-hmm. right? With uh, you know bringing back Boba Fett, and I'm going to call him that forever. Boba <laughs> Fett now. <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, you said her name earlier, Asaka. Uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Ahsoka. Oh, I want to keep calling her Asako, and I know it's wrong, so I stop. Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> uh, huge character, which I actually I, I pinged one of my buddies, you know, uh, Mr. Wynn. I pinged him because he's a huge fan. I'm like, you hey, did? Oh, nice. I did. I did. I was like, I, I almost I almost like, hey, maybe we should get him on as a guest. Well, I, I brought him up last, last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. He's huge, huge fan. So I was like, hey, what's the backstory? But this is this is the season where they brought in these huge, huge characters. And they started with Bo-Katan, essentially, who uh, apparently is is uh, Mandalorian you know, royalty, essentially. And, it was, uh, the, and just a, a shout out. It's the same... Uh, same vocal yes. vocal actor from the series portrayed the the live action character. That's that's great. Yep. I, I don't have her name written down, but it's uh, Katie uh, Sackoff. Nice. Who is okay. best known as in uh, Battlescar Galactica as Kara uh, Starbuck. She played Starbuck in in Battlestar Galactica, which I thought I was like like oh now that now that I saw it you know I had to do some research I didn't see it right away but I was like oh. Okay, I get that. I see it. Um, so I thought that was really cool. But yeah, she was the voice, and she has enough of the look from what they had that they were able to pull it off. That she had the look yeah. of the character too, which you know you can have the voice and it's great. But if you don't have the look, it's not gonna it's not yeah. gonna work. And so that just worked. Um, she, I guess she's um, the third person to go from being a voice a big person uh potential or not potential but a big character in the animated series to be in the movies or um series there was two in solo or rogue one i can't remember which one it was and i don't remember the character's names but she was the third of the people to go from being a big voice to playing that person that character in she and she killed it too and and she did she did a great job and her storyline was so interesting. You know, it's it's still just little bits of it, you know, throughout and we don't know necessarily well, where it's going. I think but I was three fascinated all by about it, especially that. especially when they got into the rescue that last last chapter. Season I, yeah. 3 is all going to be about that, I have a feeling. And that's and that's why, you know, head a little bit here, but uh, you know, Grogu go, goes away at yeah. the end of the season and I think they did that so that they could get back to the Mando story and what's going on. And, and it's going to be a big Bo-Katan. Yeah. And, and Mando has the dark saber or the dark, is that what it's called? Yeah. He ends up, he ends up winning it from, from, uh, yeah. Moff, Moff Gideon. 
And there was kind of some question about, because Bo-Katan apparently, originally, she had the, the, the dark saber. And there was a question about, I guess she was given it before. So why right. at the end couldn't she take it? But but there's some interesting theories and they'll probably go into it in the future yeah. season three. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. I, I the 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 Harris was definitely cool because it we get to see the new the new Mandalorians. Once again, they came in yeah. with painted armor. Oh yeah. Oh okay, so that that you talked about that last week about So Boba why Fett. yeah, why does Amando paint his armor? I'm I am i am just curious. Well it's just pure Beskar. He doesn't I, maybe maybe painting it kind of uh, camouflages a bit, although what those aren't necessarily camouflage colors, unless you're dealing with a some maybe the Mandalorian homeworld has that color scheme or something. Yeah, I, I don't, know. I don't know. It's just one um, of those. It, but I loved though. I loved though that when he met them and they kind of teased him for his kind of <laughs> the way he kind of had his, you know, oh, you're one of the one of this kind that that is pure, you know a purist or something like that and yeah. it, something about about it's a religious the, sect yeah and and I thought that was really fascinating you know it kind of gave a little bit of of um backstory to his character at least to the, or to the to the Mandalorian um religion of why or he doesn't take his helmet off yeah and and there really was very little in this season about the Mandalorian backstory we got a little bit more of that in the first season but that yeah. was to me this was about the only little bit was that you get a sense that if you know if the mandalorian was a political party <laughs> you know it would it would be very right um, right very dysfunctional well, they, like we're seeing uh, in our current political parties <laughs> <laughs> well they definitely called him out as like a religious sect that was very like hardcore strict about things and stuff like yeah. that and so yeah they definitely called that out which i was great because that's that's what i want to know and you know because when they yeah they took their helmets off he's like oh so an interesting thing too that someone brought up was uh their armors are a little bit different because when they rescue him on the ship right when he gets knocked into the water or actually they they knock the uh, Grogu into the water and he goes in after. He starts drowning right away, so he doesn't have like an air seal lock uh, with his helmet. But yet they did. Like she was able to the the one was able to jump right in and go in and save him and oh, okay. to, down there. And so someone mentioned it that like you can hear them when they remove their helmets. You can hear the sound of like an airlock type thing leaving and an opening. And I was like, oh okay. So there's even some differences in their armor essentially. Which nice. I thought was kind of interesting, um, you know. One of the things, no, we do we do get an idea too through this season too how uh, valuable the Beskar armor is. You know, right? The, that's why they tried to capture him to to take his armors because it's very very valuable. Which makes me wonder, like, why why the uh, imp, you know Empire didn't find some way to get some better armor on their stormtroopers because those guys can't take a shit hit for nothing. Right. Right. They get, they get a well, ricochet. They don't have the budget. They they... Don't have the budget. I mean, <laughs> they, even their ships are like, it looks like they're like half, half the amount of troops are, are you know, they're, they're down on people. You know, but they do... probably had half their crew in the death star when it blew up, you know? So, but it's just one of those things is like, it just, it's, it, it always bugs me. Is like, you know, you see all these other, you know, the Mandalorians are okay. okay. Well, think think of like plutonium or something like that. I mean, where you're dealing with rare uh, something that's not easy to get a hold of, especially when you're in uh, Back to the Future uh, movies. Um, that, uh, <laughs> but uh, that that uh, that's that's kind of what Beskar is. It's something that 
you know, you can't just get a whole bunch of, maybe you save it for your black troopers or what are the dark troopers? Uh, you know, they certainly but see, had... that's what I mean. Well, they, they paid him in Beskar though. Like if it was that valuable, it seems like they wouldn't have paid. I don't know. There's, there's just some, there's some disconnect for me with the, the Beskar armor. I, I think it is what it is. And, and, you know, it seems really odd that, that, that all these other military operations wouldn't be fighting some way. Like if you know, you're going to be going up against people that have this stuff and can take, you know, blazer blasts and stuff. Why wouldn't you have, you know, even if you just line the, the, the stormtrooper armor with it. So it's a little bit stronger and, and gives them a chance to survive missing their six shots, you know, before they're dead. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just was one of those things. It's, so I, it, it was I would see, I would to see, see a, a Mandalorian go into the trash compactor and see what happens when it finally gets down and, and, and hits him and just like, <laughs> it's like, it stops. Well, yeah. you know, it's not... I mean, well, cause so we talked about the dark, you, you brought up the dark troopers, which yeah. I also, uh, was probably my least favorite part of this whole season. I thought they were stupid. I thought it was, uh, just, I didn't care for them at all. I didn't like their look and then like the idea of them. I just, I don't know. Something about it was just too you're definitely in the minority there. That's that's interesting. I don't. Well, the couple I heard a couple other people that are like, yeah. I mean, they're, I well, thought anyway, they were dumb. Anyway, but you're talking about that time where they're punching into when he punches into him in face. the face and it just, and it just nothing going on. And I was like, okay, it's it's a super strong you know metal. I'll give him that and then saved his ass really. Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't care for the dark troopers. Um, so, but before we even get to that, I mean, that's, that's way down deep. You know, we get the, the heiress and, you know, he, he basically helps them, um, take over, uh, that ship, you know, where we get some idea of what these other Mandalorians are doing. And it's a whole different mission. You know, she's on her, she's, she's basically trying to overcome the, the empire in certain areas to get back Mandalore. Right. Right. We got a little hint of that from there, you know. Uh, some really cool, cool things what's going on too on that on that ship where they they take it over and you know they're having to fight their whole way up and then I mean we get the amp, the Empire uh, officer who kills his own men to basically you know kamikaze down into the ocean yeah because Moff yeah. Gideon says you know what to do that was yeah. that was effective I thought that was a really uh, it was crazy yeah for and sure. they just basically. Oh, and I loved. Well, I loved though when they got into the middle of the of the ship, and they're like, "Okay, we've sealed him in." And he's like, "He's like, you sealed him in where? Where? <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly." And then suddenly, you see him get just sucked into the out of the yeah. ship. I that was that was well timed. Uh, good, good for uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, how that yeah. was paced because that was just hilarious and brilliant. But, this was yeah. a, this yeah. is one of my favorite. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, there was a lot about it. I like the sea aspect. I, I don't know something about being on boats. I, you know, I was a sailor, so for me that was kind of <laughs> cool. I don't know. It, it was interesting. Um, I like the fact that we then we got the more Mandalorians too. I, I I thought it was the the one thing that bugged me a little bit was when he got knocked into the uh, the water and the cage came over. And it was just kind of like game over. I couldn't see any way out. And it was just almost coincidence that that's when the other Mandalorian uh, team showed up to rescue. A little too easy. And uh, so I would like to have seen like like him trying to hatch a plan on what he could do to to get out just to see that maybe he could have gotten out on his own uh, before they arrived. Because it just seemed too convenient that they arrived right then. Well, I think that was it. It was like there was no way out for him. 
he he was trapped in that hole of that boat. There was well, there then was it was just too convenient that they showed up right then. The whole that's that's every western. Everything okay. Is about All convenience. right. No, I, I, I mean that's I, I, that's just how I see it. Every, every, <laughs> every Star Wars movie ever is about convenient. I mean, <laughs> they, they always. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the end of the movie then, right? Okay. Let's, well, no, let's no, let's not the, get the, there. Okay, we're just the big <laughs> elephant in the room. Okay, let's go to episode four. Um, this was another really cool episode. This was the siege, uh, chapter twelve. The cool part about this one for me that I, I, I realized looking into it, this was actually uh, directed by uh, Carl Weathers, who yeah. plays Grief Kager, which I was Holly like, That's really cool. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, and this was a cool episode. This had some interesting stuff in it that I I I thought was really cool that you never saw in in anything else was. Um, you got the speeder bikes towards the end where they just drop off the edge of the cliff and just slide down the cliff kind of, and then take yeah. off. I was like, that was cool. That whole thing chasing them with the speeders and stuff. I was like, that whole oh, battle that. sequence, like, it like put the, you know, that, that, what was the, the last star Wars movie, um, rise of, last of Je- Skywalker, where they have that, uh-huh. where the skiff is being chased by, uh, some, mm-hmm. some things. And, it just puts that battle sequence to shame. It was so yeah. effective and so fun, um, and uh, and it also reminded me of a video game. I I, I don't. <laughs> it was a long time ago that I played Star Wars video games, so we're talking you know late nineties. Um, but uh, it was a Boba Fett one, and I remember flying around. And no. It looked like that whole side <laughs> of the with yeah. I, so you know the only video game I played Star Wars. I, I take it back. So I I mostly played the lego star wars games okay were the main ones i played except for when they came out with the the one where you got to be a jedi and and um it was one of the more later ones where it had like the first person shooter type thing i can't even remember. battlefront star wars i think is what it was and i only played yeah. for a little while i didn't i that was pretty recent that wasn't just that was just a few yeah years that was ago. just a few yeah. years ago yeah but those are the only star wars games i ever played but i mostly played the legos <laughs> So this I one was the called The Siege. They go to Navarro, yeah. which is the same place that um, that the, the big finale in season in season yeah. one happens. Did you notice that they had erected a, an IG-11 a statue in the middle I of town? I <laughs> did not notice it, but I did read about it, and I was like, oh, I need to go back and look for that. That's it's, cool. a, it's even like in a pose. It's like it, 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 it's like, it, like it, a Rocky pose. Uh, well, he's he's like standing on a, like he's like got the, his his like leg out up. like 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 a like a Captain Morgan type like a <laughs> <laughs> Captain Morgan. That's awesome. IG IG eighty eight Morgan. <laughs> IG eleven. This him. is an IG IG eighty eight. IG eleven. Empire Strikes Back. Right. That that's his grand great 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 right. great grand <laughs> robot. Right. <laughs> uh, no, the cool part about for this for this for me was is that they brought back uh, you know Gina Carano with Cara Dune, Carl Weathers, uh, Grief Carga, right? And we had a, and then we had a Mithral who was the 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 fish guy from uh, the very beginning, right? And, and he played he played just kind of that. It's it's very much that side character from from a lot of the westerns where he's like. He's just the you know the deputy chef you know sheriff or he's the the front desk desk clerk that gets roped into being part of the you know search party and he's just the one and you're like like why, why sad am I even and here? comic relief yeah yeah did it great though you know yeah. and I, and I really liked what it was now the the interesting thing we got out of this one is it gives us some good story like 
this was more of a, a, a battle type thing and to get Cara Dune back and, and Carl Weathers involved with his uh, grief cargo. Uh, but it's it's to show what the the Empire was trying to do with with uh, uh, Grogu, right? In the fact that they it shows the cloning. Uh, yeah, they're trying to clone as many chlorines. That I think that he has a high M count or something. They talk about the M count, um, and uh, yeah, they show all those those experiments and and you wonder if this is going to tie into snoke somehow or or you know because because that that's the big the or, big question but it's interesting i thought at one point snoke it might needs have a big some t count not an m count though huh <laughs> he needs a bigger t count not an m count <laughs> I, i'm making a joke it's, it's a bad one. um uh well now i'm derailed i don't remember where uh <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, oh, you were talking about. Oh, well, well, this, so I watched the first time. I didn't pick up on a lot of these things. When I was watching it the second time through, I was I, I got I was at this part and I thought, well, maybe it was I because I couldn't remember how it all played out at the end. But I, I thought maybe it might uh, be something that what's his name? Um, the guy that was wielding the, the Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon. Was, was trying to figure out how to wield the dark saber and he needed some sort of Jedi. You know, I, I thought it, oh. I thought it was kind of tied together, but in the end it turned out to be kind of two separate things that yeah. the, the black, the dark saber had nothing to do with this experimentation that was going on. But okay. so someone brought up another thing that I thought was interesting and, and it really played into what I thought of Moff Gideon. Why is he wearing that chest plate? Like Darth Vader had to wear it because it kept him alive. Right. Why the hell is he wearing this big chest plate kind of thing that just has these buttons on it for, I, I mean. <laughs> well, why is Slave One designed the way it is? I mean, sometimes it just kind of. someone's a horrible the, designer. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> I, we, we had that discussion last time. Um, and and he, there, there is, no, I, I even followed up on it and tried to look up to see if the design had some sort of basis in, in, in a realistic reason why it was designed that way. And no, it was just because it looked cool. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. It doesn't even with. look cool. That, well, I think it looks cool. and I and It and, looks like a robot face <laughs> flying around. It's not cool. And when I'm we get sorry. to that episode, or at least when we get to the tragedy, <laughs> I, want to talk, I want to talk a little bit more about, about the design of that, what I, what that, that episode <laughs> revealed about the design, which I thought was cool. Okay. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I'm just saying that maybe, maybe they just, you know, his art direction was based on him looking cool. I mean, you, yeah, you, the you, armor makes sense, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the cool things about the, the siege chapter two is, is, you know, they brought in, um, they used that uh, uh, Imperial uh, ship to kind of our vehicle, you know, that's what they escape in. It was kind that of a cool transport like thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cool seeing them grab something new and run out. We also got to see the old speeder, you know, which was a throwback to, to so Luke's that original sh- speeder. I will say that ship, they do, they say something about the ship before they take it. They say something about that being a, uh, that could be a collector's item or something like that. And apparently right. it's based off an actual, uh, um, toy. an actual uh, ship that was released as a toy. And it's so rare that it's actually considered a collector's item if you have it in mint condition. And so, oh, nice. and so, this uh, someone said something like the dialogue is probably a reference to the fact that the toy itself is, yeah, is really cool. rare. And uh, I, I, I love that. I, I hope that's the case. That sort of stuff. Oh, is just like, see, okay, so that's just one more facet <laughs> of this this 
fan service that they've done. You know, they've done a lot of fan service to the books and in the animated series, and then you throw it into the toy realm. Oh my God, <laughs> exactly. Really? But, I mean, but, but they did you... that. They did that in the first season with that that troop carrier too, a little bit. But uh-huh. but to go with like, oh yeah, this is super rare. Oh my, like, oh, that's probably one <laughs> um, of those ones you had to like mail in like the little stamps off the character boxes and stuff yeah. to get. And you mentioned something earlier about watching this and not really knowing all the references. And I was the same way. I didn't catch all the references. And so for those people out there that are, com- you know, complaining about, <laughs> you know, that this was the season was all about fan service. No, it wasn't. This was a, you know, <laughs> these stories were good. I, I, I know the Star Wars universe or I know the Star Wars movies well, but obviously this, this was a, more of a call out to Rebels and some of the animated stuff and just all yep. the the universe as a whole, I didn't pick up on 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 you know one tenth of it, and and so to say that that was what this was about, you can't have a successful show. I I'm almost I almost feel good that I got to watch it without knowing these references, just so I can say right. this was good. <laughs> you know, even if without you don't know, the, yeah, even if you don't get all the references, and then to go back and to hear people t- pull out those references, it's like, oh, that's that's great. You know, I agree 100. percent That's what I said earlier. Is like you could watch this without any knowledge of any of the other uh, extended universe from Mar- uh, Star Wars, and still enjoy this just based on on what they showed. Not yeah. knowing any of the other characters, not knowing any of the other – like I know a little bit about – I mean you could even not know uh, Boba Fett and, and be <laughs> able to uh, like enjoy the fact that they bring him into it. Well, like, you understand you, a story. They, 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 yeah. yeah, they cover it. Yeah. Because, he, because they do it as a point where it's like, hey, this is Mandalorian armor. I'm going to rescue this because that's what's important to me and my people for you know for mando's point and he goes in and he he gets that armor and then you get the 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 boba fat side of it later where he comes in and he says yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make it fucking something (laughs) (laughs) he makes it he he makes it important to him you know and and it comes in and they they really cover the story well and i hope they even go into deeper because i really want to know how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. I want some. Details. I bet they will. I mean, if they've got the whole book of Fett coming out, a book of Boba Fett. Um, the uh, book of Fat. <laughs> well, it's funny because he takes over for uh, Jabba the Fat. You know, Jabba, or, and you know, <laughs> and what did they do with with um, uh, Sid uh, Fortuna, the you know the sidekick? Yeah, he got they all made, fat too. Yeah, he got all fat too. So, so it's a running theme. It's Whoever the sits on the fat. throne. <laughs> It's the book of fat, for sure. <laughs> oh my god, called it before it's even out. Called it. Yeah, he's gonna get all chunky. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, going into the going through the siege, excellent episode. Yeah, um, I, this was this was actually one of my my uh, God. There's so many good ones in this one. It's hard to call a favorite, um, but it was very enjoyable. I love the fact too that you got a lot of the vehicles. You got a lot of different just action in it. It was really good. Um, I loved at the end too, where um, you know you get the uh, the rebel cop, you know, right? You know, you, they're, they're the new space police, right? You get the the X wing guy that drops in, that captain, and he's talking to to uh, Cara Dune about being uh, the new marshal in the area, you know. Oh, that was like, the end of this episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The and same you get a guy. little bit of background, yeah. a little bit of background of her from Alderaan and stuff like that, and. Uh, just I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really cool, and, and the fact that they're like, "Look, we know you got to do things in your own way, and it may not be always up, you know, you know, perfectly legal, but 
you know, you're keep you're keeping stuff, you know, above ground kind of thing. And I thought that, which plays plays in later, right? Oh, got the hiccup. Sorry. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, which plays in later when you know when they need her to actually be, you know, a rebel cop essentially. You know. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the believer. Yeah. So <laughs> so great great episode. That one led us into probably what I would think is the biggest uh, fan service wet dream episode, maybe outside of the final uh, couple minutes of the show. You think so? Um, I mean, to okay, this was Dave Filoni, who is probably the ultimate. Um, well, I mean, okay, so here's the thing: is I mean, everybody's probably seen this. We, we know Luke shows up in the final. Episode. Yeah, but we're not there yet. No, that's what I'm saying. So okay. this is probably the biggest thing outside of that scene, I think, Be- for, for the fan fandom, you know, in general. I think this episode was meant to kind of launch another series, but I think this mm. is a brilliant episode. To me, this one mm-hmm. was a standalone episode that was, it introduced all new characters, at least to to the series and it did it beautifully. Even some of the small side characters, the ones that he meets in the, in the little, in the, uh, you know, in the, when he's walking down the in town, the city, in the town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, and I thought the action played out really well. I thought it was, I mean, you, you get to learn, uh, the child's name. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it introduces us to a, a live action version of, uh, um, Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano, um, which, which is huge. Cause she is like one of the main characters, I believe from clone wars, right? She, she was, uh, Anakin's Padawan who then, and this is the information I got from, from my, uh, Mr. Our friend, Mr. Wynn, uh, Tristan, who he said, so I'm like, I, I text him like, dude, okay, what's the story with Ahsoka? Uh, and he's like, okay, so she was a Padawan, was trained and everything. And then I, what I really asked was why she have white lightsabers? Oh, and I, I do know about this. Yeah. <laughs> and so this he went cool through story. it. But, yeah, but he was saying that she, she trained, but then didn't like what they were doing. Basically was like, yeah, your politics are bullshit. I'm not being part of this and left the Jedi Order. Right before the Order sixty six happened and things like that, but she was she was actually the Padawan of Anakin. So essentially, I didn't know that. She was, okay, she was trained by Vader. <laughs> you know, so and do you know that that uh, Hayden Christensen, who plays Anakin in uh, in the prequel uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, is going to be in the Obi Wan spinoff with uh, with Ewan McGregor, who's playing Obi Wan? Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, nice. yeah. I guess they announced that a, a couple months ago at the uh, at the big uh, reveal when they relieve, revealed like there was going to be twenty five different different series <laughs> series spun off of of this one. It, it uh, that's I think that's an exaggeration, but not a huge exaggeration. There's a ton. Got it. A spinoff. So yeah. Anyway, so what he was saying is, is she's like super, you know, powerful. She survived and continued her life through the shadows, hiding um, all the all of this time. She finally decided to help play a large role uh, with the Rebel Alliance. So she's kind of she's joined the Rebel Alliance essentially to help them as as a Jedi like person, but she's not a Jedi, right? So um, she's been doing a lot of that. Um, 
she's considered as powerful as a Jedi master along the lines of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, basically on the, on the level where she could, she could probably fight Vader, but maybe not defeat him, but, but up on that level. So she's, she's, what did he tell you about the lightsabers though? Did he, did he tell you about that? Why they were Um, white? I asked, yeah, I asked about that and he said that it had to do with, um, she, uh, she gave up her lightsabers when she was, um, when she left the Jedi council and then ended up killing, um, a Sith, right? uh, A Sith. And then cleansing the crystal, cleansing the red lightsaber. What, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and then which changed it from from red to white. And so apparently she's one of the only ones with a white crystal, which I yeah. think is I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah, and I I don't I don't know a ton about the crystals. I know that the the green and blue is supposed to be uh, a representation of whether you have a different like mastery of like fighting or knowledge or something like that is is how i understand it and then you know we got ray later on who had the yellow lightsaber which you know she was also the one that showed the first instances of healing so it was a kind of a new you know discipline i guess okay so you know that's just from a a a layman's terms of someone that doesn't really know the deep knowledge anyway so don't take it for uh for a hundred percent but that's yeah that's what i learned so I know a lot of people are excited uh, for for this character, um, and I I really it, enjoyed this yeah. episode. And it's great this, to that me... the the, peop, the makers, the filmmakers, know that this this stuff is important. You can't just trash it. You know, well, the, you, you can't just. Well, this is Dave Filoni's. This is his. This is his baby. Yeah, I think, I, I think of all well, characters, and it's beautifully f- photographed too. I mean, some of those scenes when uh, when it's got the moon in the background, and you see. Uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano uh, with with Grogu, they're communicating, and you and and so this it, was very much a, a, a Kurosawa type movie. It right? does, yeah. You've got almost got the, like that Great Wall of China, yeah. that entrance, and a yeah. lot of a lot of samurai themes. Yeah, uh, they they oh had, the whole thing is straight up a samurai movie. Yeah, right? from from the from being in the fog filled fields and fighting and stuff like that and her disappearing and coming yeah, back. Yeah, crouching tiger, hidden dragon type. Yeah, and you yeah. you also get a respect to the the the, the fighting, the the kind of the 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 exchange, you know, even even with the uh well, actually he does the gunslinger. Go a little, yeah, he does try to like He's like, I'm gonna put my weapon down. I'm gonna put my weapon down, and then he and then he pulls it out. Yeah. Oh, he tries to be <laughs> slick and gets his ass yeah. shot up. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, and I didn't know this, and, and someone was bringing up um, what they were trying to show with that episode too was was on that planet that you know how it was very desolate and smoky and burnt out looking. Is the Empire was there, um, kind of like strip farming the planet. And that's why it looks the way it is and stuff like that. It's like burned up and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it made made me think of uh, the Lion King when Scar takes over and uh, basically just kind of ruins the the green and everything becomes just this this dry and and uh, that's a good call. Yeah. Nice. And John Favreau uh, uh, directed the live action (laughs) version of that. I was just going to say that. Actually, is that live action? That's not even live action. That's more. uh, uh, live cartoon? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what you, what... I don't know what you call that. Yeah, live animation. Yeah, <laughs> anima. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> A- anima something. Well, no, did he do Lion? No, he did Jungle Book. He did both. Did he do Lion? He did. Jungle Book was I would consider more live action because it had the live character of. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But Lion King was all 
animated, but it was motion capture. It was okay, motion yeah. capture. That's the word I was motion capture. Yeah, I didn't care for it as much, truthfully. I what Lion King? Old, yeah, I no. Well, old. it was. I I thought it was good, but I thought it was pretty much like for like. Uh, at least the first opening scene, I think it was shot I didn't for think shot. It was, but I didn't think it was as good as the animated, like the original cartoon. I, I didn't. I wasn't as it. big of a fan of the original one, to tell you the truth. I thought I thought the storytelling was a little. Uh, uh, you know, it was funny. I thought they improved on the storytelling in the motion capture one because they had more of a span of of uh, it, the middle act seemed a little bit more uh, uh, better paced. Whereas in the animated one, it goes from you know the first act almost straight to the to the the third act without. Uh, much of a transition. And that's just how I seize it. Let's move on. Let's go back to uh, Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> got a little sidetracked. Really? There. Really? No. <laughs> episode 68, Lion King. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, so this was a huge episode. And, and this was, I think, one of the better episodes of the entire thing. I, I was watching it myself and I, I pulled my wife and said, cause she still hasn't, she's seen the last episode. I, I think I mentioned that she inadvertently <laughs> sat down and I said, this is the last episode of season two. She's like, okay, no, no problem. And got oh, the geez. big reveal on that. But, uh, <laughs> but while I was rewatching it, I pulled her and I said, okay, you got to watch this one. Cause this one's kind of a standalone episode and it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, one of the character, you know, the Ahsoka Tano character. One of the things that you know, um, she's a alien essentially, so she has kind of some, you know, appendages and things like that. And I thought they did an. Inc- I mean, I haven't watched a ton of the animated series, and when I say a ton, I've seen maybe three or four episodes. Of it. So I, I've seen the animated character, right? I've seen pictures of it. Um, the look was so good to me. That I was like, I, I, you know, sometimes some of the aliens just don't look right, yeah. it's, you know, and, and especially when they when they really have to concentrate on them and you see them a lot, you start to see little things that like, oh, okay, I, I, I thought they did an incredible job. Like, I thought it was well they, cast because I was familiar with the oh, character right. enough, but it seemed like, uh, and and what what certain you do you have the the. Name Rosio, the, Rosario Darson. Yeah, I mean she's she's been around the block. She's done a lot of stuff, um, but yeah. she just seemed meant for this. Um, now I have I not agree. seen the the animated series, so maybe there's other opinions. But uh, but I was certainly impressed with how she. No, she she's done a ton of. Yeah, I thought she was great, and she's been in a lot of stuff. She does a lot of voice work for uh, DC too, which um, you know is is a big thing. She's uh, the Wonder Woman voice in a lot of the DC uh, animated movies, which I think is you know that's cool too. You know, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, she's she's been you know a good actress in a lot. She was in uh, uh, Marvel too, and um, Luke Cage. Um, oh right, Luke Cage, sure. Yeah, I think she shows up. She shows up in Defenders, and also um, Iron Fist. I think I'm not sure if she's in Jessica Jones at all, but but she refuses to train Grogu, so she sends him on his way to go find an, a well, temple. That's because she's she's not a Jedi, and that's I think that's very that's it's a telling part of her character. That's like I I you know they never actually showed the scene where the deal was struck. You know where he says something about you know I I need. I'll help you if you'll train him. And it seemed like there was some understanding, although we didn't actually see that exchange in this episode. And so 
I almost wish we did so we got a better sense of why she would. It was fair for her to say no because it was well, I really. Think she says I'll I thought help it was really. You. I really I thought it was cool when when he goes to uh, the uh, the woman that's kind of controlling the city um, and I don't have her name Morgan Elsbeth and she tells him oh go hunt this. Go hunt right, this uh, Jedi. Jedi, and I'll give you this spear of pure Beskar. And he goes, "Where can I find this Jedi?" And 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 basically, she takes that as a as a as a okay, yeah. I'll do it for you. And really, he's like, "No, I'm just asking it where I want to find this Jedi." Yeah. And so he made no promises. I thought that was well done, but I didn't. Oh, we yeah. didn't get the exchange with with her. Well, I think, and, did she uh, say she didn't say I will I won't train him right away? But she says, "Help me, or if you help me, I'll help you." Well, so, yeah, and I think it was just kind of left it there, and we didn't see. But that's a, more... that's the same thing he did with the other woman. Show me where's this Jedi? Okay, I didn't say I was going to do what you asked me. Just if you help I'll, me, I'll help I'd you. Because she okay. does. She goes, I can't train him, but I can tell you where to get someone too, kind of thing. Okay, if that's what it was, yeah. then then good because I, I, I almost want to replay I think that. that works. Okay, good. I, and she does. Yeah, she so tells I, him exactly where to go, and he goes to that uh, new. Oh, but. What? what? Yeah, that, that, that happens. In, no, no, no. That happens later in the next in the next chapters and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was great that, you know, this whole episode, and I really enjoyed it because of the samurai feel. Um, I love the fact that, you know, Mando's walking through the city and people, nobody wants to talk to him. Yeah. You know, because it's it's that very much is that Western thing where the guy's walking down the street and everybody's shying away from him. But he ends up being the savior of the town. You know, he saves the. Oh, just, they got those people that are up on those little those stakes. You know, with the with the electrocution yeah. thing around them. Did you notice that with they move, you get to see their skulls, and which is very much. Oh like, no! It was yeah. It's like they get electrocuted, oh, and you get to see that. Yeah. You actually see their their rib oh, cage yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Their, and what which was that is from from uh, Return of the Jedi when when Darth Vader is kind of getting hit with the the lightning bolts. Uh, from mm-hmm. the emperor and his whole yes, skull yes. is lighting up and stuff. <laughs> it's the same sort of effect. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, no, that that's great. Excellent episode. Yeah, especially the fact the the big the big standoff fight between Ahsoka and and the um, Morgan uh, Elizabeth, right? Where they're they're Elizabeth, where she, they're fighting on the one side, and then you got Mando and then kind of top dude standing on the other, and and he's like, oh. Okay, so you want to come out on the winner on this side? He's like, "What's it sound like? Who's winning to you?" Mando's just like, "I got you. Whatever you want, buddy." Like he, he just <laughs> just staring him down. I love it. I mean, he just he, no joke. And and then great fight on the inside. A lot of great um, lightsaber uh, fighting in this episode, from beginning to end and stuff like that. And one of those people brought up the fact that he really liked that when she was doing her battles, like she was turning on off and on. So like she turns them on, zoom, 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 does her thing, turns them off and then fades to black, you know, fades out of it. I was like, Oh yeah, that's straight like ninja style. You know, she's, she's no joke. And it's, it's a, it's a great episode for the, for the action. And that was Michael Bean from, um, you know, that played Lang. And he was, he was the, the, he was from the Terminator. He was the, the love interest. uh, (laughs) And he was in aliens. He was the, Riggs or something or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, Corporal Hicks. Hicks, Hicks, that's it, yeah. And uh it, you know, I think he was in Navy SEALs and stuff, but I haven't he seen him in the rock. He it's been a long time since I've seen him, so it was nice to see uh him kind of return. He had a shotgun in this, 
which is the same weapon mm-hmm. he carried in both the Terminator and Aliens, <laughs> um, which which was kind of cool. So, <laughs> so I think they were yeah, kind of no, giving him. He giving fit. Him... He fit that character perfectly. Yeah. that was that was a great great casting on that one. Uh, awesome episode. Was um, it was, and then leads. I mean, these 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 chapters do not fall off as they go up it's kind of like there's no there's no low end on this you know it starts it's kind of nice because i think the first two started the lowest and it just built and built and built and built yeah which especially when you're rewatching them helps because it's like god i've seen this but oh i really like this I yeah really there's like a this. lot of real this is these are episodes that have really good action sequences too that the you know they don't they're, they're just really solid action too it's good stories, but then the action sequences just hold up, really hold up. Well, not only do they hold up, but I think also the the emotional sides of them build the entire time too. Okay, like they they, they continue to to escalate the 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 interest in what's going on. You know, the interest in making it to the next to the next challenge, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so now we got the tragedy, right? So this is. This is a crazy one, you know. Where this is where we get, you know, Boba Fett comes back. Uh, we get uh, Phoenix uh, Shand comes in. You know, this this is where he, right. he flies off to the planet, and the the Grogu does his little thing on the the top of the mountain. And the a- ancient his... temple on Tython, yeah. And this was directed by Robert Rodriguez, you know, who who got his original claim to fame with El Mariachi, but he did like Spy Kids. He did uh, From Dust Till Dawn with uh, Quentin Tarantino, along with there was another Quentin Tarantino um, uh, uh, double feature that he did one of the one of the movies with. So he's he, you know he's done a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they also have him down here as, uh, on Frank Miller's Sin City. Oh, right. Okay. Was he like director or co-director? Uh, producer, actually. Okay. But um, but still, that's you know. Having a, having a hand in it, um, yeah. Directors, a lot of different things. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it it's a good episode for sure. I think I think this one is a lot of the story really is what pushes this one for me. Um, looks like he directed that Frank Miller Sin City also. Okay. Um, but yeah, just just a ton of good stuff. But this one we get, like I said, we get Boba Fett back. We get you know. Um, a lot of action and a lot of them, you know, huge, huge shootout between, uh, you know, the, the good guys and the stormtroopers, which is, you know, there's a lot of action in this. <laughs> we get, we get the, I, 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 I want to say that the tragedy, there's, there's kind of two tragedies if you real will on this one, right? We get Grogu uh, captured by the, the shitty dark soldiers or yeah, what, but whatever. Then we get to see the razor crest get destroyed. Blown the fuck <laughs> up. Right, and it's funny. Like, so he has his helmet on, but you could just you can see his facial expression when it blows up. Oh, I think we're all just like, oh my god! After all those episodes, where <laughs> it's just like hanging together with a yeah. with a squid that you know that's tied tied a couple things together, and and right. they finally, it's finally Calamari in that last strings. episode where they finally got it working just just right, and oh, and it is it is definitely decimated. 
Oh, it's gone. There's no yeah, no I coming mean, back from that explosion. What is it? The, the two things he, he pulls out of the wreckage is, are, are the Beskar spear and the, the little ball that... And the little uh, ball, that, yeah, that that uh, the Jedi loves to... Or that the kid loves yeah, to play yeah. with. Which yeah. I, I think is funny. But some great scenes, like some lot of, lot of you know... A lot of just shooting, right? And this oh, is... but not just shooting. So so apparently, uh, Tamora... What, what's the actor who plays Boba Fett? Tam, uh, Tamora... Tamora something. Morrison. So he's a... Uh, oh, gosh. Um, Maori. Uh, he's a native um, from... A... New Zealand? No, well, I can't remember. But but his the, the weapon he used is based off a of, I mean it's almost like a Tuscan Raider staff and yeah. that was based off a weapon that was designed uh based off a weapon from where he's from and he is well versed in that weapon so you know when he's wielding that weapon he had a lot to do with some of that choreography those are legit moves that he knew what okay. how to what to what to bring to it and i thought that was pretty pretty bitchin that that uh yeah that, well, he's, he's from New Zealand so it's probably a Maori Maori Maori, Maori. Probably. Thank you. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so he's but like he like so. he like hooks hooks some weapons and pulls them yeah. out, and then he's just smashing stormtroopers with that thing. Oh yeah. So this <laughs> outside of the 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 armorer in I think it's one of the last episodes in the season one. This is one where we physical just beat down of some stormtroopers. Those guys <laughs> catch no breaks. Yeah, no breaks at all. Like. I, you know, I'd be hard pressed to take that job if that was all that was available because these guys just get their ass handed to them left and right. There was a point um, though where their their shooting accuracy went went up to eleven <laughs> at one point when when uh, when uh, no, they're, they're Mandalorian only... is like cornered and he he he's like taking like ten shots off his Beskar. It's like yeah, take... there's there's a meme about that where it's they show the they show the stormtroopers shooting at anybody else they miss by a mile, but if you're going to shoot at Beskar, which is <laughs> you know basically bulletproof, you hit it dead on. You hit it dead so, on. You can't get in between the Beskar. You got to go right dead exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which which is another one I have an issue with. It's like okay, your Beskar is great and it takes, but you got some big ass holes in your armor. Like <laughs> you you would have taken a shot in there at some well, point. Well, maybe there's woven Beskar in the, uh, in the uh, vest that he wears underneath or the shirt he wears underneath. So interesting <laughs> thing. I, I, I have it playing in the background right now and it's, it's in the next, uh, you've got, uh, you've got chat. Mandalorian playing in the backyard back, yeah. background right now. Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's in the background. <laughs> I, I can, I can see it as we're going. It's uh, it's in the next episode. And it's the one where he's wearing the, uh, trooper armor from the, the, uh, vehicle they have to drive. Yeah. And he goes to fight these guys, and he acts like he still has his regular Oh, right. He's, like, trying to block things. That was a brilliant choreography. I loved that. Well, I remember seeing that last time. I was like, I didn't catch it the first time. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. His muscle memory is that, like, this shit holds up. But trooper armor is, like, you know, it's it's not really. It's made out of paper and and tape and and wishes. So, (laughs) you know, wishing we had some better armor. Uh but yeah, so I, I was like, oh, that was a great, great. Okay, scene. get your eyes off the TV and let's uh, come back to the. <laughs> I'm podcast trying to read here. too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, okay, so we're in the tragedy, which, all in all, I mean, it was it was a good episode, but outside of the first two, this was my lowest. 
It's a short episode. It's 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 it. Uh, you're right about it. Telling them there was a lot of story in this. Um, it it had some great scenes, but it it wasn't. It didn't evolve too much. Although this is when we get introduced to the dark troopers that come, which I hate. So maybe that's why I dislike this. This they look stupid. They look like they look like rejected Cylons. They they just they don't look good. They don't. I just don't buy them as being the badass that they're supposed to be. And, so I, I remember from, from the prequels, they had the, uh, they had the, um, the Roger Roger ones, but I, I can't remember the name of those ones. Oh, the, 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 the ones that the gun, the droid, the droid, the battle fighting. droids, they had the battle droids, yeah. but then they had the, the, the more masculine ones. Um, not the not the ones that rolled around the destroyers, but the, but the more masculine battle droids, the, and those I thought were dorky looking. These I thought you're <laughs> right. I, I I do see the Cylon similarities, and I think they are based on some anim- the animated series had a little call out to yeah. them. Or, but uh, I was a lot more impressed with with the way they looked and th- the sense of power that they they had was really well represented. This one I thought it was you know they just came down and they were went straight to business and they captured him and they flew up. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the, so, there's not much about them, but I just, it, they, I just, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't as impressed with them. It just, it just didn't do anything for me. I was kind of like, ugh. I, and I don't know what would have been better, truthfully. I mean, it, it's, I, I, I'm really not sure. Like to me, to me, like they talk about, you know, the the robots that you know are these these badass. So basically, they're like, to me, they're less than a, an IG unit. Like an IG unit was a kick-ass. Like it did, it did a business. So like, put some better armor on an IG unit, and it would have had a better, a better droid. I don't know. These I, almost I, seem to me kind of like Jason from Halloween. <laughs> they just don't okay. stop. Okay, they just All come right, after I'll give you. you. That. I'll give you that. <laughs> that. That that's a good analogy, and yeah, I could see that, and hundred percent true. That I mean, we get that fight later on in in the episode, uh, later on that where it is like that. Okay. Yeah, if you look at it like that, in in <laughs> I can see that they they are very much horror movie villain esque robots. I'll hundred percent back you on that. <laughs> so I still didn't like them, but okay, all yeah. right. Um, well, let's let we're we're moving on to episode, chapter fifteen, the Believer. Okay, now this was a fucking episode. Yeah, this was so cool. I you know. I, I really like Bill Burr um, as a comedian and as an actor and as a person. And his first uh, season, he had the Prisoner episode. Yeah. And he was enjoyable in that. But this episode... He got to go full Bill Burr, and he was and he was fucking so, so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, it's almost he, like he, he got to say what everyone wants to say. <laughs> you know, right? every critic wants to say something, and, and he got to pull that out. And then he had that really emotional scene at the end too, which was great. Oh, he's a hundred percent for this whole thing. There's just so much about him. Like, I mean, he has the interaction with the the commander, and then he gets to fucking shoot him. And it's just, it's very emotional. It's very telling, and you get the payoff. Yeah, you know who directed um, this one? I, I, I... this was uh, Rick Famamia. So he directed some. One or he two did a couple in season, season yeah. one as well. Yeah, um, I think he did the prisoner. He did that Jawa also. one and and the prisoners one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's true. So he he got to work with uh, Bill Burr for both of them. Okay, 
Yeah, I'm a little jealous because I, I would like to work with Bill Burr. I think he's an incredible comedian. But this, this to me, now this was also too. We had Cara Dune, we had Boba Fett, we had um, uh, uh, Finnick, uh, Shand, um, all of them together, and it's kind of like it's another heist type movie, you know, movie or show or episode. But it's it's even it's even more in depth, like. You know, they had they had they had the whole uh, scene where they're riding on the uh, car things that are transporting the the explosive stuff, and having to fight off the the locals. Well, and, even that first scene when they pick them up from the prisoner compound was was, <laughs> right. was so. I mean, it was gorgeous to look at and just look around and see all the kind of the the you know the, it was like a like a Tie Fighter junkyard or something like that. Right. that they were they were scavenging and stuff, but. Uh, um, it was a great little setup when when she kind of pulls him out and he's totally suspicious, and, right? Uh, but uh, <clears throat> um, but yeah, then they get to the planet and so we get. I mean, they get in there. It's the whole heist, and then you know the other the other big reveal on this one, which is you know huge for the the show. This is the first you know episode in uh, season two where we get the Mandalorian taking his helmet off he has to and it's one of those and it's not even just a quick thing it's an entire like he has to sit down and talk and and it's like and then you get the emotional part between him and and um uh mayfeld where which is bill burr's character where you know he's like hey i'll never say anything to anybody i didn't see your face Yeah. yeah yeah and after that whole exchange with uh you know where migs mayfield is talking to the the head the commander of the of that yep. war that he fought in and he it, he basically gets so emotional himself that he finally pulls out his blaster and takes him out and um and then he just stands up and says yeah i didn't see your face let's get out of here and they start blasting right. their way out it was beautiful <clears throat> and then and then at the well, end he takes out the he whole gets, uh, yeah he yeah. gets he gets that right coolest scene too like is at the end where they're like uh getting ready to load up on the ship to go out and he's like He's like, yeah, it's a shame that, you know, Mayfield died in, in action. And he's like, like, you can see it look like, oh, motherfucker's <laughs> going to kill me now? You know, it, it takes him a second to realize that they're going to go. And it's like, holy <laughs> shit. Such a, such a cool episode. I, I really I, enjoyed this one. I thought the battle sequences on the uh, on that little transport with those skiffs kind of coming after him yeah, yeah. was really cool. Uh, um, and... And and especially in the end when you know they're all coming and finally the Tie Fighters light them all up, and right. everyone's cheering them and they say, "Oh yeah, you wouldn't, you know, something about being happy to be cheered on by by the Imperial, you know, bunch by the Empire." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you would never expect to be this happy to see a bunch of troopers. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, and well, and it's a weird one too because like they're they're killing locals like to get in there and it's like almost like oh you feel bad it's like these guys are just trying to you know that they're on the side that they're normally fighting for and it's like oh, yeah but it's he true. has to do it yeah and and yeah. they didn't um you know they they pass through that little town and you see a lot of the kind of the sorrowful faces oh and those kid. are all more humanoid but the ones that are chasing them they're they look more like alien and so so we we're not quite as uh invested in those characters cause they remind they, me a lot of the uh the the guards that were on uh, Boba the, Fett's are not are the not skiff Fett, in uh, Jabba the Hutt. The skiff, uh, yeah, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, yeah. they remind me. Of, so yeah. maybe that's all they do is work on skiffs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all they're 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 uh, allowed to do. 
So yeah, that was a great episode. It would too. have been more interesting um, if they were human, if like the same oh, race as that town would've... that they went through. It would have been a more of an emotional uh, uh, co- contradict. You know, we would have had to fight. So with have our... you noticed that there, there's not a lot of episodes where they're shooting here. No, I think they. They. I mean, this is still Disney. They don't bring those. <laughs> no, I. I, I mean, troopers true. don't count. I mean, the the worst, the fact that they ate, you know, a bunch of eggs, you know, in, in chapter <laughs> 10 was probably the most controversial we're going to get. And uh, so speaking of that, so like one of the things we, we know the, the troopers of, were in the past, the clones of, you know, um, Boba Fett, essentially, are, are right. the same. Jango right? Fett? Yeah, right. And then he becomes Boba Fett. I gotcha. <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, no, one of the things he had the fat this, gene. That... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fat gene. He, he ate too many cookies. Um, in the siege, one of the things that's interesting is, um, and I didn't catch it. And I want to go back and listen while they're they're shooting all the the troopers. I think it's the siege. It's either this one or the episode before where it's where they're the highness where they're on the the carrier. Um, we get the first indication of female stormtroopers. While they're shooting them, there's there's at least two of them that have a yell that is very uh, fem feminine, female feminine, feminine in in high pitched. Um, yeah, and so uh, they brought it up. But and, be careful; and you do don't want to piss any. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know what the trooper. Uh, <laughs> I think you can get away with saying feminine or high pitched. Just... I'm just saying what I read. Someone okay. else said that the, the the Empire now has to more. You know, they have to allow more females be in 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 that job because they they're running out of people because <laughs> they keep getting killed because they don't know how to shoot. Um, but I just thought it was kind of cool that you know it's one of the first times I think that uh, in the live action they said in in the series and even in. It says original movie, so I don't know if that means prequels and the the I don't know what the hell you call those last crap three movies, but um, where they had female troopers. So it's just it's just showing a, a, that the troopers now the stormtroopers are now not only just men, but now they're female and they're also essentially too is what they were saying. And I, it was something I'd read earlier, and I thought kind of cool. Uh, I want to go back and see. Especially if they have different armor, I'd love to see if the, if the female troopers have a different armor than the male troopers. Well, they did that for the uh, the Mandalorian armor. You know, you could definitely yes. tell which ones were female. Right. That's why. I, so I want to see that for the stormtroopers. I know I've seen it in you know on Pinterest and things like that, and some of them are pretty damn sexy. So I, I would wonder if they would get that into the Disney. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Bo-Katan, it's like, oh, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, Boca? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that was, uh, that's strange fantasies. Oh <laughs> uh, God, that's, we're not even touching on some of the craziness. So was Fan this fiction. when you were, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so you were going to talk about, uh, the slave one ship. You, you had something. Oh, that, right. Um, oh, that, yeah, that was, and that was the episode. That was the episode before there was a scene that I spotted and it showed them sitting in slave one and you see out the window and the whole ship is is rotating and now there's another shot of of uh, Boba Fett in the cockpit and it's not rotating when he's sitting so my take on the inside of it is that the the seating area rotates when it when it goes oh. vertical or when it goes kind of when it tilts is it rotates mm-hmm. um, because you actually see it happen if you watch if you watch that episode and they're sitting in the okay. 
in Slave One, uh, it rotates as the ship moves. And uh, I thought that was interesting because, and I even looked up some stuff about, you know, <laughs> years ago when people were questioning the, the this is when I was trying to look up uh, Slave One and trying to understand its functionality, <laughs> where it came from. And there was no talk about that, but there was a question of whether it had a rotating cockpit. And um, and in most cases, it seemed like it didn't. And, and, and I think this confirms that the cockpit does not ro- rotate, but the but the kind of the inner space does, you know, the seating area behind the cockpit does rotate gotcha. as, as it takes off. And so I, I just thought that was interesting that they tried to kind of clarify that question in this episode by showing the, the rotating out the window, everything kind of rotates as, as it's right. taking off. So, okay. I'll give it to you. I, well, I still I, think it was a goofy look. No, no, that wasn't, I wasn't trying to validate the design. I was just trying to, <laughs> To say that they're they're at least taking those sort of questions and giving them a little bit of uh, clarity. Well, uh, I, because I would they love, can. <laughs> I would love to see like, you know, we talk about the 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 science behind M- the MCU and some things, right? I would love to hear some of the science behind Star Wars, right? And how the ship, like, why does why does uh, you know um, the ship burn up when he doesn't have the thrusters coming in, but yet any other time they fly in, there, there's no burn up. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, he's falling at kind of the same speed that most of these ships come in. So why is it any different? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I Uh, they they answered that big uh, question about uh, parsecs in uh, in in solo, which I thought was really (laughs) effective um, because parsecs is a measure of distance, not speed, and yet right. So they were able to kind of tweak that for that that movie and they actually made it an integral part of that that finale in that movie right which which was fun i know there was a really cool part and this is the one thing that i know a lot of people really like about the the slave one ship is is when he's always done that kind of uh detonator thing where he drops it out of the back when they're chasing oh yes and that was brilliant when he takes out those two tie fighters that are following with like yeah the the sonar charge or Something like yeah, I can't remember depth what the charge, sonar like, depth charge or something. Yeah, and it has that great sound effect that delays sound effect. Yeah, it was like, boom, boom. yeah, it. yes, yeah. Boom. It's like it, it's like the noise goes out and then sucks back in. It's, and it's Ben cool. Burr is apparently pretty mum on on what creates that sound effect. He, uh, I guess he originally just, in the original just, Star Wars he uh, try he. He was trying to create that sound for all the explosions, but George Lucas didn't like it. He said, no, let's just oh. go with standard explosions. I think Ben Burr was trying to create something that was more kind of a little better suited for space. Cause, because cause you can't no have sound. explosions in space. There's no sound in space. So he was trying to kind of come up with a compromise of a delay, right. like like sound versus light. Um, and uh, But George Lucas said, no, this is audience. That's too too far of a stretch. And it probably was. Uh, but in in attack in attack of clones, you know, a projectionist or when they people first got the print, I think there was a question of whether or not they got a bad print because the audio was off. Oh, there was an oh. audio delay, and and I remember, I think there was even some like something that said the there is no audio problem in this movie. <laughs> um, they even had that with uh, with the uh, la- the last Jedi too, because when oh when, with the, when he goes silent. Yeah, when it goes light speed through the through the destroyer, 
and uh, it goes all silent. They said there is no that audio is problem with that. Such and, a cool. Yeah, scene. it almost uses that same sort of effect where it uses silence yeah. to create more of an effect. Brilliant. Right. So yeah, that was that was chapter fifteen, the believer, right? And then that was them. Basically, the whole point of that that uh, mission was to get the location of um, Moff Moff Gideon, um, yeah, Moff Gideon's ship, so they could get back Grogu, which leads us into the final episode. Which you now, this one was was this is it's crazy. It's it's kind of a it's a cool cool, but there's also some. I don't know. I have an issue with it because I don't like the dark troopers, right? Okay. So it's not my favorite episode. Now, and then we got the big reveal, which everybody, you know, is the big thing is where we got Luke who shows up at the end. Well, okay. And Let, let's some first, people love it. Some. Well, let, <laughs> I, I just want to get off my chest. I thought the CG in this was ridiculous, ridiculously bad. I mean, they've done so much better with kind of de-aging and so many things. And to me, it was like I, I thought they basically put in a little video game, you know, animatron animation with yeah. with him. I was I was thrilled but kind of surprised to find out that Mark Hamill actually did the did the motion capture for this. Because yeah. to me it doesn't look like anyone did motion capture. It looks like they just So I I I just want to take that out of it. I mean that to me that was I hope that they they pull a George Lucas and revamp the, you know, go go back and kind of redo it a little fix bit it. and fix it up and make it better. I've already seen you go online and they do the the um, you know the the deep fakes. They they did oh, a deep yeah, fake yeah. of this and it's like ten times better. Um, really? So, yeah, the technology is there. I mean, the lip sync was bad. The just even the words didn't seem right. It didn't. It seemed like I, they almost autom like they were using computer vocal. Yeah. It, so, so I, I, I want to throw that out there because if, if you could remove that, really, that to me that was just too much of a distraction to really make this episode uh, as as effective as it was. It took me out of it way too much. Um, but besides that, I was a big fan of the Dark Troopers. I thought th uh, those fight scenes were great. I loved, I loved all the all the fight scenes, and I loved Luke. His I thought the entrance. fight scenes were. His, I thought oh, that was yeah. No, that was even epic. That, that was, was cool like Darth Vader for Rogue One. It well, that's exactly what it was supposed to be. It yeah. was it was almost shot for shot, right? They, was it? They, I mean, it, I think a lot of yeah. people were upset with the the second trilogy that that did not give Luke Skywalker his his moment. If anything, it was yeah. he had the hologram moment when he got to fight the right know, the, the Adats, and that was but that wasn't <laughs> quite quite what people wanted yeah. so this was the fan service no, they, that they talk about that... they gave him yeah like hey he's a badass now that was the problem i had with the story is like they so the way they play this off is like um mando uh the Darjan, he or uh, he didn't really know what jedi were which seems really weird if that was the the mandalorian's biggest enemy apparently when did we find out his like, name Oh, was that season in the, one? Season one, okay. Yeah, because Marf Gideon calls him, calls okay. him out by it. Um, but I just it was the whole um, the whole problem with oh god, I brought up another thing. Um, the whole he didn't know who Jedi were, and then and then all of a sudden this guy comes in, whoops all his ass, and he just gives the kid away like super easy. It just it didn't sit as well. Like he doesn't know Luke, which is another reason I'm like okay. How do you not know the guy who 
pretty much ended the empire. Like that would have got around. It, it it just there were some things about it that didn't sit with me as well. I did like the episode. I thought there was some really cool stuff about it. One of the things that just reminded me because I looked up and it was showing a recap. Um, back, I think it. Oh, and this was episode. Peyton Reed to to call out yeah. the director who did episode oh. ten or chapter so this, 10. this is. This is this episode. This is where they have um, uh, Grogu in the little cell, and he's beating up the stormtroopers, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So the other thing is, I think it's in this episode or the epi- or in that somewhere in there, they have Grogu in handcuffs. And someone brought up the fact: why does the Empire have little baby handcuffs? <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> I think that's totally fair. Like, well, there's lots of different different. Uh, I I know, but I just thought it was funny. It was like someone went, "Hey, they got little baby handcuffs." <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of species that are small. I, I mean, I don't know True. if they if they have a a handcuff uh, machine that will create the, the you know the the right size handcuffs depending on the species. But <laughs> that's in Star Trek. You okay. Can, you can put them yeah. Computer. Wrong. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need some baby handcuffs pronto. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny, and it made me. I was like, oh yeah, they got baby handcuffs. Those are some <laughs> sadistic bastards. But this was some really cool stuff too. They, they, they. This was another kind of where they really showed the brains and the 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 idea that they, you know, they capture the the um, ship that allows them to uh, uh, sneak aboard. Right, the uh, Moff Gideon's ship. They get the the transport. Right. Um, which one of the cool things too is someone brought up they were talking about he's like the coolest part about that is when they they, they're showing the um, TIE fighters as they're taking off from the ships how they're how they're like on the little conveyor belt drop off and all that and it was like he's like what what was that all about and you know you got a little payoff from that and I thought it was a really cool scene you know that whole just the whole setup where you know they have slave one chasing them in shooting at them and then takes off the whole crashing into the thing and it's just it's a it's a good scene to get on board and the whole idea i do like all the fighting scenes in there um i even like the one where mando's fighting fighting the you know the dark uh what do they call them dark soldiers no dark dark troopers what are the dark troopers yeah i I enjoy that fight the one-on-one um i don't know i just i still don't like those (laughs) troopers but that's well, you know, and that one on one was it was it was effective in that he was trying to close the door and the one gets yeah. out and the other ones get sucked away. But uh, even that one, he has such a hard time right. taking it out. You well, know, I think the whole that point brutal of that. scene of it taking his <laughs> fist. So you know what that reminded me of was uh, from uh, Marvel when uh, we did Age of Ultron. And it's the Hulk, uh, or when uh, uh, the Hulkbusters punching Hulk in the face is like, bah, "Oh bah, right, bah, go, to sleep, boom, go, boom, go to sleep, 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 go to sleep." Right? Yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of, and and it was a good scene, and it showed how powerful his armor was. You know, you know those uh, those uh, dark troopers were actually uh, people in costumes. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, they and they. I, I saw some behind the scenes stuff, and their elbows were uh, like kind of blue green screen type and they had to go fill in the elbows and some of the joints. The joints were all filled in with CG um, where they kind of gave them that that uh, um, look. So, um, yeah, I, I thought they were great. And I thought the the, um, the the material was really well 
I, it just looked, it kind of had a, a really interesting look to it. It looked powerful. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they well, they made him, they made him fight Mando, and in, in the fight be a rough fight for him. So that's that's what gave him their their power base. Like and, and, if you watch, if you watch Superman get punched and he goes fucking flying the other way, you're like, okay, this dude's pretty powerful. Yeah. It's like that's that's what I saw of it. Otherwise, I would have looked at him and like it. It was good for uh, you know Luke Skywalker when he finally shows up because because well oh, he whoops their well, ass after after they get sucked out the window or out out, out into space. I was yeah. almost a little disappointed. It's like oh that was easy. That was almost too easy. Okay, he's got to fight this one. But then when they all fly back and it's like oh <laughs> there's nothing they yeah. can do to get out of this. It's like oops. It, it was. Yeah. I thought it was a good. Uh, because if Luke Skywalker just came onto the ship and had to fight some stormtroopers or something like that, it would look kind of lame. But he had some actual, you know, some enemies that he had to get through. And he got through them like Correct. butter, just like, you know, because he's, you know, yes. complete supermaster of, of, of the of the force. <laughs> and well, it was great. So, you know, that, that last one when he just kind of like squeezes it, you know, yeah. like a like an orange. <laughs> they, they had, it was a great scene and, and they had some really cool parts of it. Um I this is one of those ones where you had to a little disbelief. Like they're all shooting at him and he's kind of deflecting the 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 laser shots with his saber. But yet they're coming in one at a time. Like you're looking at like six or seven of those. They wouldn't have just been it was, like okay, you fire yeah. me fire you fire it, it, it was one <laughs> of those I was like come on. Like I I mean I I understand what they were doing. He has to do it. But there was I was also like eh I think it, I think Luke would have been able to handle no matter what happened. You know, he's got this. <laughs> it, they had to have him beat him, and that's and that well, and that's what brought up the whole point at the end, where it's like, okay, he lets, you know, he lets Grogu go with him, you know, because he's like, oh, this motherfucker's badass. I can well, yeah, and Grogu is so connected with him on the screen, watching watching him come in. I, I think that was, I, I yeah, I think they I had think to they do that. tried to address that that. Grogu was obviously saying, "This is this is the person I want to go with," and I, I think there was an understanding there. I don't think I don't I don't yeah. feel that that was a, a question. Uh, but well, I, what a beautiful I mean, moment at the end when he takes his mask off, too, though. Yeah. Well, they bring the whole point up too is like, would would any have been anybody been happy if he went with some no name Jedi that we don't know? Like everybody be like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't. But 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 Luke coming in there, everybody's like, oh, okay, I trust Luke. So I think that was part of it too, and okay. I think they had to they had to remove Grogu from the from the series essentially to progress it. Like he you know, just... there was I was watching someone uh, uh, on on YouTube talk about this, and he said he said it's impressive that that they they got they got rid of the character rather than you know they they they, they, they this is like his exit. I mean, it, maybe they'll yeah. bring him back, which likely Disney will but uh, but rather than trying to capitalize on on toys and marketing and mm -hmm. stuff like that th this was like the end of his arc let's move on and I think some people yes. are sorry to see him go but it's better for the story oh my god and, there's some people that like that's that they didn't care about the show outside of the the baby Gro uh, Yoda character like literally they're like they're like that that I don't if Mando got shot and died and but baby Grogu went on I'd be okay and I'm like what yeah I, so think, some, I think that shows that the story is more important than the marketing you know I agree <laughs> I agree with you too and I think I think they needed to I like 
I think they couldn't have done another season following along that same line. Yeah. I, I, I think it would have really fallen off. Let's jump really, the shark. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what happens with the next season with what I be- believe is going to be the battle, or not ba- battle, but the what happens with Mandalore. How do they how do they resolve who has the dark saber who who's who controls Mandalore who like I mean there's a there's a point where they could either be battling right it could be a battle between Bo-Katan and and do you think it's going to go that that heavy into the into the lore because if one thing that we've learned is that these first two seasons have showed us so little about the backstory and 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 I mean if they actually go big I, I don't know what three. else they. I don't know what else they could do. I think it's going to be some kind of. I, I have a feeling that in the beginning it's going to be those two like uh, working together in some conjunction to get back to Mandalore to start to free Mandalore, right? But then I have a feeling about halfway through the Bo- season. You, when you maybe, say those two, you're talking about Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan, and, yeah, because okay. she wants she she wants to rule Mandalore, so she has a reason to not. Mando to have the dark saber and stuff like that. I don't think he cares either way, but I have a feeling it's going to get to the point where they're going to. This is this is my speculation for season three or season four that they're going to work together to a point, and then they're going to disagree on some kind of thing, and then it's going to become a battle between the two. We need to learn more about her because because again they've they've been pretty good about following this idea that that what we see in the episode, like people watching this series, they haven't seen anything else and they can still really get invested mm-hmm. in these characters. So a lot of people are drawing some of these ideas of, of where the story is going to go from past rebels and right. clone wars episodes. And that's all good. But, but knowing the way they're making this series, that's, that won't be a direction they go. They're going to try to keep it all, you know everything kind of tied into what we know so far, and so it's if it well, does go I that direction, what, I don't think I, I think it'll be subtle. I think well, that's what I mean is I think they're going to start off working together, and that's yeah. that's and that's where we're going to get flashbacks of her past and who she is as they work towards say freeing something or hey, there's these these Mandalorians that are incarcerated here. Let's get them free or. There's there's a bunch of Mandalorian armor here. Let's let's rescue it. They're going to work together to get that, and then as they work towards the final, you know, closer to it may not it may be all season together and everything's hunky dory, <laughs> and then something switches it for, and then all of a sudden they're on opposite sides. That's I'm looking forward to it. it. It'll be a while, but you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the things I kind of thought about in this watching this season is um, Pedro Pascal's performance. And it's mainly, you know, it's mainly a voice that he's putting out there. Correct. But he's got (laughs) kind of such a subtle hypnotic delivery that I've never seen before in a character, especially like a lead character. It's, it's, you know, well, maybe, maybe it harkens back to Clint Eastwood in some of his Westerns. I was just going to say that. It it reminds Uh, me of Clint Eastwood. But, but he kind of has that quiet kind of matter-of-fact way of saying things and i i i just gotta say it it really works for this series and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's effective and and it continues to keep his character interesting mysterious and and still really good as a a central character 
So you know the other one that uh, someone brought up as a as a, a a potential like what what the Mandalorian character seems like is uh, back to a John Wayne uh, in the old westerns, John Wayne type character, okay. which I thought was really interesting because one of the stand-ins that wears the Mandalorian armor is actually John Wayne's grandson. Uh, oh right, I, I did see yeah. some yeah. Okay. And so uh, John Wayne comes the... across as a little bit more of a kind of got his own voice. The way he speaks is a little bit more uh, out there. It's not as subtle. Well, but I mean, it, but he still has that 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 old western kind of oh yeah draw and stuff. And there's so there's a, and it's it's a way he stands and a way he walks is the is and that's where we get a lot because we get none of the facial expressions with, with the Mandalorian. We, it's all about the voice and the, and the body acting. And that's where it came up was like, he had, there was a, there was a scene they were talking about from um, the, the season one where he, they were on the, at the village. There's a scene where he's kind of like sitting back with his feet up. And it's like, someone says it's, it's a precision shot of John Wayne from an old movie. And it happened to be, his grandson at the time in the armor for that shot and stuff like that. It just fits really well. And I just thought that was really cool. You know, just to, to harken back to the, to the old Westerns and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's you know, Farva, Farva and, and Filoni and those guys, they probably grew up watching, you know, some of those old Westerns and stuff like that. I know I watched a ton of them when I was a kid, you know, probably before I was 10, that was the stuff that was on the TV Lone Ranger. Yeah. I remember watching you know, not even just that, but just just the older movies, like you know, and Gunsmoke and things like that, I and stuff like that. those. You know, this the older the older movies, and and they had a feel to it. This very much has that feel to it. Yeah. And so I I think it's really cool that they do it. But yeah, you're right. Uh, I was not I was not as sold at, uh, as Pedro Pascal like had to be the the Mandalorian. Other than the the reveal of his face at the end, it could have been anybody in that that armor the whole time, and it would have, I you know, it, it, I don't know. I think you know, I don't know how much of the acting he does in the body, but I mean, it definitely has a way, and you kind of can see it and stuff. So if that's him, I'll give him all the props because I mean, it's one of those things is is because he's using just his face and his his voice and not his his facial expressions, you get a a very strong sense of him through his body acting. And it'd be interesting to see how they progress his character in season three. If, if, if he becomes more, a little bit more comfortable with his helmet mm-hmm. off. Uh, True. You know, he, well, I know he wanted to have his helmet off more. He, he wants people to know. Well, that, that's, that's the that's ego him. of any sort of actor that wants to, you know, be on stage and, you know, but, but I think, he wants to I think it was very clear that Woman. that, I think it was very made very clear to him when he was offered the role that this was a character that would be right. in his armor, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, and so, so that's. Yeah. But that's I think good. then Wonder Woman came out and everybody had an issue. <laughs> you had an issue, that. yeah. <laughs> I, I I I agree that I, I'm not going to put that on him, but uh, I have an issue with that movie. <laughs> uh, no, I know that's funny, um, but yeah. <laughs> So all in all, season two, I think, um, to me, was a better season than season one, episode by episode, um, in the general. Um, yeah, I, I think I think season one was very well made in how it established the character and it gave them the freedom to to actually be a little bit bolder in the second season, and well, they delivered. Yeah, 
I was going to say that I don't think they could have had season two the way they had it had they not done season one the way they did. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's you had to have building blocks. Like I think if season two would have came off like it did on its own, like without the season one, I think people would have been a little bit more lost. Probably wouldn't have been as big into it. You know, they still would have loved it for Star Wars. They still would have loved it for what they did. But I think they wouldn't have been as bought into the character. Like you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have had the attachment with uh, Mando and, and, and Grogu. Like you wouldn't have felt that where they didn't have to build that in the second season, you know, that was already built in the first season. So you didn't have to play with that. You could just build off of it and go other ways and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I think definitely for sure it, 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 it was that. It, it had very much a finale feel to the end, um, which I think had a lot of people worried when uh, they didn't announce season three at the, you know, instead <laughs> they announced Book of Boba Fett. And then even at the at the convention or whatever, they, when they announced all these other series, they didn't announce season three as well. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, about a month ago that they, they clarified, oh, yeah, there is a season three coming out. It's just coming out a little later. Um, and so I don't so I think that that it means that they can just really kind of go many directions with season three. Whereas the end of season one, they gave it kind of a, a uh, hook, you know, they, or what do they call mm -hmm. it when, uh, when they tease, they tease where it's going here. They didn't really give you much. They gave you the, right, right. We, we've got we Moff Gideon no and, and the, the doctor uh, Pershing captured. And we have some of their story. We've got the story with Bo-Katan, but, I think they're gonna. We're gonna. We're not gonna see them much anymore. I think they're done. I think it's gonna be very big story on him having the saber and how it's gonna play out to get back Mandalore. That's my my prediction. But okay, I'm excited, I, but, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna prejudge. And and uh, so uh, here's here's a question I, I okay. gotta ask because this bugs me every time I watch it um, in this season. Why does he still wear a cape when he has the backpack on? That's right, because we know capes are not good for flying. <laughs> um, they told us that. <laughs> well, I mean, it it, ha it it folds over to the side. It's like it it has no function. It actually probably messes up shit more than anything. I was like, why do you still have a goddamn cape on? Did you do any it's research like, oh. on it? No, I it just it's one of those things. When I watch it, I notice it, but then it when I you know quit thinking about it and think about other stuff i forget about it but it's just one of those i looked up and saw it and i'm like why has he still got that stupid cape on maybe it's something to remember his mother by or something i don't know um no, i mean i, I don't know I, I have no answer <laughs> at all but i i'm i wonder well it made if, sense if when he didn't have the backpack he it made sense when he didn't have the backpack why why well, because he didn't want to show his butt to people and you know we don't know if he has back armor or whatever so <laughs> it made sense you know the way it kind of back and it he he cool. doesn't have a very good ass and wants to. Get... Yeah, but now that you have the backpack, it just gets in the way because you have to like fold it over to the side. If you launch off, it should burn the bottom of it. Well, that I mean, that was the way Boba Fett wore his too. But that's like why would? But he didn't. I, no, he didn't I, know, I know. I'm just so maybe there's already some lore behind it. I'm 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 curious I, I'll, now. I'll have to look it up. I will, I'll try. So. Yeah, yeah. Talk I'll, about I'll, it. I'll I'll look into that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I think we've covered enough of this, or I've covered enough of this to say that's how I. And <laughs> yeah, no, I think we've, uh, we both these are these have been both successful seasons, and uh, with with a few criticisms, but overall they've just 
been so and fun. And you're to never going to get through anything like this big without some criticisms too. I don't. I mean, we have criticisms of MCU. I, I don't think there's anything out there that's been a hundred percent like, oh my god, you couldn't have done anything better in that entire thing. You know, uh, there's no. I don't. I don't believe that you can make a show like that because some people someone, would say Lord of the Rings did. Uh, I could have some issues with it. Okay, I mean, good. It, <laughs> there, there's some great stuff, that, fabulous, right, all throughout. But there's still some issues with it too. It's like you know, not everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, especially when you go from book to movie. But Star Wars, you're gonna, and especially with Star Wars and Marvel and things like that, where you have huge fandoms and stuff like that. There's always going to be some criticism because they're always they're trying to tell a new story sometimes, but it has some feet in an old story and someone if you don't do it exactly the way people believe it is they're going to call it out or if you don't do it the way they think it's supposed to go they're going to call it out and we and, and we've seen that with this one you know um i kind of like the fact that they made this super um fan favorite or not fan but fan um uh what's the right word uh where the <laughs> paying paying homage to the to the other th- stuff fan service they did a ton I of think it's, yeah fan service but they didn't do it to a point where it hurt the main story or changed the main story so that if you don't know that stuff, you miss out. And so, I, I mean, that's so hard to do. Like Marvel right now, you know, and, and is, is, is having a hard time with that too because you, there's so much story to it that enough people know that if you change one little thing or do something a little different, people are like, oh, that's not how it was in the – And it's also tough because from a continuity standpoint, they're telling a story that is in between uh, the trilogies, you know, the the, the second and third trilogy. So so you have to kind of maintain a certain continuity there and people are going to question it. And and some people think that, oh, well, Luke Skywalker, he goes on to to fail with with Han Han and Leia's (laughs) child. Uh, Kylo Ren. So, so what the hell is going to happen with with uh, Grogu? I mean, these are valid questions, but but in the context of this series, um, maybe we should just not not go there and just say it's a happy ending. <laughs> well, that's and a lot of people have brought that up too. Um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I, I can't wait to see where they go with it. I can't wait to see the other because uh, I think there was something else. Um, it's not just uh, the book of Boba Fett, but there's also um, the new rebels or rebels new republic yeah. or something like that and certainly the yeah. obi-wan series is coming that's what it was obi-wan so yeah there, there's a ton of new stuff coming so it'll be interesting to see what they get when we get yeah there. all right cool well that's it for this one i think um i know next week we got another cool one coming up back to our mcu that's on Wednesday too. That's so that's like half a week. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even finished all. I haven't finished rewatching all of season one. Of Neither have I. Jessica have... Jones. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll it's be. It's cool. a long one. It's thirteen episodes. Okay, they're like out fifty minutes each, but really good, really good. So I'm I'm really looking for that one. It'll be a fun talk. Yeah, um, another one that like doesn't follow the old school stuff that was there, but another good one. And then we got to figure yeah, out so... some new episodes after that too. We don't have any. We don't have a plan. I got so. some I got some ideas. I'll, I'll, okay, good. I'll, uh, I'll put it I'll put it together and let you know. Um, there's some new movies coming out. There's some old movies I want to talk. There's a bunch of stuff. Good. We've been doing awesome. a lot of series. Movies would be good. <laughs> God, no kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, these last three weeks have been. I'm like, oh god, do another series for a while. <laughs> it's been a, a lot of watching. All, All right, right, cool. 
So I think that's it for us tonight. All right. So good night, everyone. I guess see us next week. <laughs> good night. Good night. Good night.